The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Hey, what's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 267 for Wednesday, January 21st, 2015. I'm your host, Rich, and our call number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, entertainment, and even some pop culture. As always, our content is for mature audiences. Listener and viewer discretion is always advised. All right, so let's get into some housekeeping. We got a lot of stuff on deck. Uh, Ben's going to be joining us tonight to talk some MMA. We got this past weekend's UFC card we want to get into. We're going to talk a little bit about Bellator. We're going to talk about John Jones' first interview um, with regards to his positive drug test for cocaine. Of course, there's the fallout from that. Couple of fights that are coming together. We're going to get into some injury news. And of course, on the wrestling side of things, we're definitely going to talk about Raw. I'm going to give you guys some predictions for the Royal Rumble. We also are going to launch Mortis's contest, um, aka Lucha Lee, who will be doing a contest for wrestling fans that are can follow along with the Royal Rumble. And depending on what superstar you pick, if your number matches that superstar that wins the Rumble, you're going to win a prize courtesy of of Lucha Lee and, of course, Rageworks and My Take Radio. Uh, we will be posting that later today, so you guys can definitely jump in on that. He's got a really easy-to-follow set of rules that you guys can follow along with and participate, so definitely check that out when we post it later today. We also got a review on deck for Black Seas, which I actually went to see with my colleague Danny from Royal Flush Magazine, and that actually may be utilized for the return of the Minority Film Report. Um, Haven't done one of those in a while, but I think we need to get some of those in there just because I know that app owners, a couple of people have asked if I'm going to do any more audio movie reviews, and because Danny got to go to the press junket, we actually have some audio from the director and from the lead actor Jude Law as well that we're going to toss in there for you guys to check out. So be on the lookout for that this weekend, as well as a couple of other projects that we're working on. Uh, Just a quick reminder, which I've mentioned over the last couple of weeks, just want to keep driving it home. Uh, By January 31st, we plan on fully integrating and merging 
mytakeradio.com with rageworks.net. Now, what does this all mean? Nothing really with regards to how it affects the show, except that all the shows and the live page will be on rageworks.net. But mytakeradio.com, mtrlive.com, those URLs will still work. They would just forward to rageworks.net over that weekend to make sure that everything is up and running. So uh, the first week of February, when we start doing all our shows, you can still, like I said, use mtrlive.com or go right to Rageworks and and click the uh, the live page, and you'll be able to listen to live episodes there. And of course, all the archive shows will continue to be published on Rageworks.net. Now, this this particular change is not going to alter anything with regards to our social media. You can still follow Facebook, uh, you know, my take radio on the Facebook fan page and also Rageworks. Same thing with Twitter, Google Plus, et cetera, et cetera. All of that will remain unchanged. Now, for those of you that are subscribed to our YouTube channel, the MyTakeRadio.com YouTube channel or MyTakeRadio TV, which you can find on YouTube, is only going to get show content, meaning it's only going to be video episodes of the show. So if you miss the live feed of the video, it will continue to be uploaded to MyTakeRadio TV on YouTube. In addition to that, uh, Rageworks YouTube channel, official Rageworks, will also have the episodes of My Take Radio there, but all our other content, uh, game reviews, unboxings, product reviews, event coverage, etc., will be on that YouTube channel going forward. So, again, just a lot of stuff to process. So, to recap, MyTakeRadio.com, MTRLive.com will both forward to Rageworks. Everything, you can still use those URLs as needed. All social media accounts will remain active, and the goal is to have both sites fully merged and integrated by January 31st. Uh, When you listen to shows the first week of February, everything should pretty much be running smoothly. There are going to be some design tweaks that we're going to implement on Rageworks just to make things run a little smoother and a little cleaner, but again, that should not detract from your experience. Now, the other thing I wanted to discuss, and I posed this to you guys both on our fan pages and via other social media outlets and even via my own personal Facebook was the suggestion I got from one of our listeners with um, setting up a Facebook group for Rageworks and My Take Radio instead of going the forum route. Now, the recommendation came from the fact that, like I've said on numerous episodes, people are into just hanging out on Facebook all day, not leaving the, uh, the warm embrace of Mark Zuckerberg's bosom. And because of that, you know, we're trying to just allocate and find a way to engage you guys better, considering that the engagement just keeps getting crippled week after week and month after month. But we are we are giving some serious thought to possibly testing out a group. A lot of people seem to be on board with that, given that they just feel at home on Facebook. But, you know, there's still the possibility of going all in with the forum because a lot of people are also trying to get off of Facebook because they're trying to get all of our updates, which a lot of people continue to tell me they are missing out on. So again, if you want to chime in and, and share your thoughts on the matter, feel free to reach out via social media. Let me know what you think and you know, whichever, whichever experience works for all parties involved is what we're going to definitely go with. But I will say this, um, keeping all the traffic on Facebook while it's great, you know, and everybody can pop into the groups and engage you're you're losing you know we're losing the 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 integration of all our content with a forum meaning you know we publish a we publish a post 
it goes into the forum, it could create discussion there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's something that we've been, like I said, entertaining a bit more aggressively as of late. And I'm always open to suggestions if there's something that I'm missing or a service that may that may be more uh, user friendly for a lot of you guys. Because that was one thing that I was told about one of the forums that the the layout was a little it was simple, but simple to the point where it became complicated, which I thought about. And I really said to myself, that makes no fucking sense. But I understood that it was simplistic in in overall presentation, but certain things that are easy to do in other forums just um you know people people had issue with with some of the other forums you know um embedding images and youtube videos all the usual stuff so we want to try like i said and and give you guys the best experience possible and um like slick said slick said every forum is different we actually used i think three different forums we tried uh we did i know we did bb press in the beginning then we did something a little bit more involved and that was running a little smoother, but it was just putting a lot of load on the original, uh, my take radio site at the time. So, you know, we're going to beta test some stuff. And, um, once we have it running, maybe I'll reach out to a couple of you that are, you know, regulars, regular listeners and regular, regular people that engage with the show to see if you guys are, would be interested in beta testing, um, whatever we do, whether it's a group or a forum, you know, I'll reach out to you guys individually off air for that. All right. So as I said, on deck tonight, we have uh, UFC fight night. Ben's going to be joining us. We're going to be breaking down not only UFC fight night, but all the MMA news of the week. I definitely want to hear Ben's take on the on the John Jones situation, because there's a lot of different things. Um, there's a lot of different schools of thought with regards to how the organization, the commission, and even John Jones himself have approached this situation. Uh, the interview he did this week, which I saw, I just felt was very meh. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, I fucked up, blah, blah, blah. You know, the the usual spin-doctored, uh, well-eloquently-delivered uh, interview, which is fine because that's what needs to be done. But at this point, I just want the situation put to bed because there's so much... There's so much nonsense floating around that it's just really just mucking up the the overall issue, which is which I've said before, the elephant in the room that cocaine is not a banned substance, according to the Nevada State Athletic Commission. And we're going to definitely get into that on the wrestling side. As I said, we're going to dig into the final raw before the rumble, a couple of wrestling news of the week. And I, I want to give some some Royal Rumble predictions. Maybe I'll be right. Maybe I'll be wrong. But uh, I figured I'd share them with you guys. Um, that's it. Let's get this ball rolling, jump into some MMA. I know Ben will be joining us, and that's it. Let's rock and roll, guys. As always, My Take Radio's MMA segment is brought to you by MMAWarehouse.com. Get all the latest and greatest training gear, fighter accessories, and so much more. Head over to MMAWarehouse.com. Make sure to check out our banners on RageWorks.net for promo codes and other opportunities to win cool fighter merch as well. Again, thank MMAWarehouse.com. All right, so I just got word that Ben is in the queue. Let's get this party started and jump right into all the MMA stuff for this week. Big Ben, what's up, brother? What's up, man? 
man, oh man, you know, you take you take a couple weeks off. John Jones becomes a cokehead. Everything just goes south. You know, this is what happens when you're not here. It's like it's like it's like just chaos. But um, before we get into the big stuff, um, I do mm-hmm. I do want to kind of talk about uh, your your brand new podcast, which I know is uh, Black is the New Black. Um, it is a departure yeah, yeah. from the the Double H N D. Uh, ben actually started working on that right before the year went out, and I really wanted to get the word out, but I wanted to give him the opportunity to break it down. So before we jump into it, just let the listeners know what's going on with the new podcast and what you're going to be covering. All right. Uh, the new podcast is Black is New Black. Is, uh, the, the, the one we were doing, Double HND, um, it felt, um, with that title, and uh, it, it felt kind of constricting because we, we never really talked just about hip-hop. Right. So we decided to do something called like the Black is New Black, which basically is just we're two me and Taylor, uh, my co hosts are two relatively weird black dudes and we just we just <laughs> like the we, we, we like to talk about what we like the things we like, sports, hip hop, video games, cartoons, which is it, it's a little bit of everything. It's it's more it, it's more of a little bit of everything show and we wanted to change the title from double H and D because that kind of that gave the impression that all we talked about was rap music. And there were shows that we never, t- we didn't talk about rap music at all. So, um, we started, uh, black is new black. Uh, we've got an ep- Um, we have one episode that was done. And if you go to, uh, mixer, it's mixer.com backslash black is new black. But I believe you can still go to double H and D and it'll take you to it. Cause all I did was change the name there. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you go there. Uh, we got our first episode already. Uh, we, we are working on a. Uh, we're trying to set a solid date for our second episode um, because I, <clears throat> we both got kind of busy within the last week or so, um, you know, year. But uh, got a second episode and we got a YouTube video coming out and we wanted to be kind of a more multimedia experience. Uh, we got a YouTube video that I'm in, um, in the process of uh, editing, and basically we just it's, it's a little bit more of everything. So um, you know, if you like anime, you like hip hop, you like sports. Like comic books, at some point we're gonna talk about all of that. Awesome, yeah. I, I saw, you know, I got I got to check out some of the f- some of the uh, the first episode, and I gotta say that freeing yourself from the from the quote unquote proverbial shackles of just your name really kind of mm-hmm. set the tone for you guys. Like I saw, I noticed you guys were more energized. You guys felt that you weren't. I, I noticed that you just didn't. You weren't going through the motions, which is good. And yeah. I think that's because, yeah. we, you know, the name, the new name, new, new focus, and it allows you to just touch a couple of different subjects. I mean, that's, that's kind of what happened here. You know, the deal. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, we just always felt like with double H and D at some point we had to talk about rap music and, and there'd be weeks where like nothing has happened. So, right. um, you know, it just, it just, like you said, it just gave us uh, more free reign to talk about what we wanted to talk about. There you go. So make sure you check it out at Mixler.com. Black is the new black. Or if you still have Double HND as a favorite, definitely check that out as well. Show Ben some support. As always, on Twitter, Blackout89. Let him know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, him and Taylor definitely have uh, great chemistry, and those guys, they, they deliver. So be on the lookout for the next episode. Uh, I'll make sure to share it with you guys once I get word from Ben. All right, so... Let's jump. Let's jump into UFC Fight Night Fifty Nine. A huge amount of of just just press everywhere. Between you know we had the the NFL playoffs and everybody was already chomping at the bit, and then you know the Patriots pretty much just blasting out 
that victory. You know, everybody in Boston was already hyped going into the night. Mm-hmm. And, and and it just the the fights from there just got crazier and crazier. Uh, before we we you know we pick and choose a couple of fights, what did you think of the card as a whole? Um, the card wasn't it wasn't a great card per se, right? Um, I think it was pace kind of poor. It, the main card at least the the undercard outside of the horrible uh, Carl Pendred Sean Spencer decision uh, was paced pretty well. Uh, the main card. I mean, the main card, you find yourself, you found yourself just waiting on the Conor McGregor fight. Like, cause none of the other <laughs> fights really held any interest to me. And, uh, mm-hmm. and also like, I, I'm also, I wish the UFC would really look into when they have like co-main events that mean something co-main events between fighters that are legit top 10, not even top 10, top five in their weight class. Those should be five rounds and take one. Ron Starks and Uriah Hall should be on the car fight. Like, yep, absolutely. Like both, there should be two five round fights because I, I kind of feel like sometimes with a three round fight, you kind of take away the ability for a story to be told. Absolutely, in the fight that that you you get from like like the John Jones Daniel Cormier fight, where as that fight progressed, there was there was something there was a story being told there, and mm-hmm. with with the Vincent Henderson Donald Cerrone fight, it might have been two more rounds of what they were already doing with the glorified sparring. But I think they deserve two more rounds for that. Well, that's uh, you bring up a great point, and I really, I really felt that that was the case. And it, th- there were there were some fights that were placed very awkwardly. You know, I want to bring up John Howard and Lorenz Larkin because you know that's a fight that you wouldn't yeah. think would be before that Cathal Pendred Sean Spencer fight. You know, I was like, why would you yeah, put like- that before? That fight, Lorenz Larkin's a, a, a very exciting fighter. John Howard always mm-hmm. goes in there ready to put in the work. So I was like, why would you Boston. do that? Huh? Yeah, and, he, and, he was from, and he's from Boston. Right. I, 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 thought that, I thought that fight was on the main card. I would like, I, I, no, no disrespect to you at all, but Ron Starlings was coming in the UFC off a loss. Yep. You kind of knew how that fight was going to go. That should have been moved off the main card and moved. Lorenz Larkin and John Howard. I mean, I know Lorenz Larkin has lost his last three fights, but he looked excellent at welterweight. Like, move that fight up or something because, I don't know, the car, once it got to the main card, it was paced really poorly. Absolutely, and that that was one of the things that kind of sucked the wind out of the sails for a lot of people, and a lot of people I talked to, you know, just on social media and in person, they were like, man, you know, I kind of I took that time to kind of flip around the channels and come back to, 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 the, to the card because the, everybody kind of had a firm date that they knew at 10 o'clock the main card would start and by 11 11 30 we'd be ready to we'd be ready to rock and roll you know and that's ex- pretty much yeah. like clockwork dude 11 o'clock you knew that you'd flip that channel and boom that's where it was and you know what's funny the Cathal Pendred fight you know a lot of people are like yo man fucking Sean Spencer got robbed and I would I found it um I found it amusing because CM Punk started laughing he just tweeted ha 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 and Cathal Pendred, he's been that guy's been trying to get a fight with CM Punk, and he's just like, dude, you know, you over here laughing. By the time, by the time you get into the UFC, I'll be forty, you know. But it was just, it was just, yeah, dude, and it was just like the amount of shit talking that was going, you know, that that came out of that was funny to me because, of course, everybody jumps on board and they're like, yo, they gift wrapped that decision for you, and you're over here trying to shout out and kind of, kind of fuel the fire with a guy. Who's not his fight date hasn't even been official yet. His, 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 first of all, that that fight 
was a sloppy. complete robbery. I don't even understand. How, he didn't win a round. Nope. Sloppy judging, dude. <laughs> like, and it, like for anyone to give him, like, okay, let's say you give him the second and third round, even though he was getting touched up in those rounds. That first round, he was blocking punches with his face <laughs> and stumbled. I just, I, 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 when I saw that, like, I can't even really describe like the sound I made, but like it, like, I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck am I watching? That's it. But um, yeah, like I just, uh, and then the calling out CM Punk thing. Um, I think fighters should really not do that. Like it, it. I feel it like it's beneath a lot of fighters to do that. Like no disrespect to CM Punk, but if you're a legit fighter. You shouldn't be calling out CM Punk because you know you can beat him. Well, like, you know he—he's not an MMA fighter. <laughs> well, I like—I like that you put huh? it. I put you. I like that you put it in such a way. But he, here's there's a double-edged sword with that. Yeah, you know it is beneath them because like yo, you're calling out a dude. That's the equivalent of you know calling out uh, Manny Pacquiao, and you're an MMA fighter. You know what I mean? Like like not which happening. Which has been done. <laughs> which has been done. But the thing is that calling out CM Punk. Is uh, here's the problem, and, and no, and people they 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 continue to not really notice that, even though CM Punk may or may not be an MMA fighter yet, or whatever the case may be, his success rate has yet to be determined. And I talked about this um, the last week's show and the show prior to that. But the other thing is that I said from an MMA math standpoint, dudes are trying to get fucking paid. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because that yeah, buy rate, I have no problem with that. Yeah, and and that's what it is. So what happens? You know, no disrespect to Cathal Pendred, no disrespect to a lot of these dudes, but it's just like, yo, you're not calling out a can. You're calling out a guy whose sheer name on the marquee is gonna get people to tune in. Like, you know, CM Punk may he may be ready, he may not be ready, but guess what? In terms of just dollar signs he's moving the needle more than you are you know what i mean oh yeah that's I mean, th- that's what kills me like like you know the when the green ranger challenged them and 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 you know mortis brought it up in the chat when the green ranger challenged them it makes sense the guy's an established fighter he's got some fights under his belt he's got some victories under his belt you know the dude's the dude's not stupid he's a very good chance of, he got name recognition yeah, and there's also too a very good chance yeah, and there's also a very good chance he would destroy CM Punk. <laughs> he, he might. <laughs> I mean, and, and this is not to be disrespectful to CM Punk. It's just like he's a, well, how old is he, 37, 38? I think so. 37, 38-year-old man who already wasn't very healthy after leaving wrestling. Right. Going into a sport that is hard on your body, it, it is, I would, wouldn't be surprised if he never actually fights to begin with. Nah, but, he'll, he'll I mean, fight. But that's no disrespect to him. Right. <laughs> But you know what it is? But, and, and it, yeah. What Duke Duke Rufus when they were on on Inside MMA, Duke Rufus like, "Yo, you know, I'm training, I'm getting him ready." And every guy that has been interviewed, Askren, all these guys, they're like, "Yo, you know, this guy is a sponge." And I think of, you know what I think of when I hit when I think about just the concept of CM Punk fighting? It's the same shit when people mm-hmm. were bitching when Herschel Walker fought. Remember everybody like, yeah, oh, Herschel Walker." And again, it's two different athletes at this point. But again, people had written Herschel Walker off before he put his foot in the cage. And then when, then when he whooped, yeah, I mean, he whooped some ass. I, people I, like, I didn't even think about that. Like, and I hope they do very similarly what they did with Herschel Walker. Give him fights. He can win. 
Mm-hmm. Get you some, get some eyeballs on it, and right. call it a day. There's no reason CM Punk is not going for a title. He's never going to fight anyone who's really an established fighter. And even then, like it wouldn't be well. It might be sanctioned considering how the NSAC is. Yeah, let's not even. We'll get into special. that. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah, but uh, um, but uh, like most um athletic commissions aren't going to actually um sanction a fight with him with someone who's ten and zero. Like that just makes no sense. So nope. I mean, yeah, I mean to Carl Kendrick, he. He knows he lost that fight. Like, <laughs> I, I hope he knows he lost that fight. I hope so. He, doesn't, he really needs to reassess what he thinks is success. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I was I was bothered when uh, the judges were yeah. like, "Yo, it's thirty twenty seven. I'm like, "Yo, on what planet was that fight? Of th- was that, that what a- got me? Like, <laughs> if you said twenty eight twenty nine, I would be like, eh, "Yeah, okay. I can let that run." I mean, I wouldn't have been it. Yeah, but thirty twenty. How did he win the first round? Yeah. Were we watching the same things? But, you know, um, that's judging an MMA. <laughs> well, you know you know what's funny? The Uriah Hall fight. Uriah Hall, what did he have? Like three opponents that dropped out. Ron Stallings was like his third guy. So it's like yeah, he was. Yeah, kind of some other dude in Ron Stallings. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, you know, Ron Stallings came in there. He got opened up. And the doc was like, yeah, that's not happening. And, um... I mean, don't get me wrong. I saw a close-up of the cut, you know, due to the almighty power of Reddit. And I was just like, yeah. yeah. I was just like, wow, that's a, that's a nasty gash. Like, that looked like some straight 300. <laughs> I was like, that's just not a good look. But you know what the thing is with, with Uriah Hall? Everybody's like, yeah, you know, Uriah Hall, blah, 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 blah. It's like, listen, Uriah Hall is cool. I like the guy. He presents himself well. But... The UFC mm-hmm. isn't doing shit to give that to make that guy known anyway. It's like they don't even acknowledge the fact that it's like, yo, the dude came out of Tiger Showman's. You know, he came out of the karate birthday party camp. Like, not <laughs> not to shit on the dude, yeah. but think about it. That, that like that's a good story. Like, yo, with, I don't think he's with Tiger Showman's anymore either. I don't think he's with them anymore. Right, but but even still, that should have been a selling point, not only just for for Tiger Showman's, but just for. For the UFC, like, listen, you know, there's other gyms out there. Because, you know, everybody talks ATT. Everybody talks, uh, you, you know, um, you know, Winkle John and Jackson's. And Jackson's you know, they, they are Black Zillions. You know what I mean? But it's like, yo, this dude came out of, you know, Tiger Showman's karate birthday parties. Not to be, not to, not, <laughs> and I'm not even shitting on him, but think about it, dude. What martial arts school did any of us take seriously that did birthday parties? None. You know? Zero. Zero. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Uriah Hall has hurt himself just a bit with some of his performances. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he, even though Kevin Gaslam is a really good, like, we now know Kevin Gaslam is a really good fighter. Yep. But he still should have beaten Kevin Gaslam. True. Uh, I, I forget, forget who he fought right after Kevin Gaslam. Um, he was point fighting I, he in that fight. He, yeah, like, it's, it, and his style kind of lends itself to point Like, he, for instance, Lorenz Larkin has a similar style to him too, but Lorenz Larkin comes forward more yeah. and tries to hit you with combinations and stuff. There's a lot of times when you watch Uriah Hall where he's almost fighting like it is a karate point match, where yep. one strike and then move, one strike and then move. Like that's not how MMA works, and nope. dudes aren't going to follow you around the cage and let you do that, dude. If they're really good, like Costa Filippo probably would have really hurt him. Yep. 
definitely. <laughs> Costa Filippo's a, a, a very, very aggressive dude in there. He likes to walk people down. Uriah Hall's coming in there fighting guys like like Karate Champ. He's just waiting for the guy for the ref to yell point every time he kicks somebody. It's just like, dude, it's it, yeah. And, and I and I like Uriah Hall. I like it, the way he presents himself. I like the way he carries himself. You know, he's he's a geek like we are. You know, it's cool. I like that, and I could relate to the guy. But I'm just like, dude, you know, like like uh, like uh, Greg Jackson. Yo, go out there and get some fans. <laughs> like that's what it is, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's foul, but it's true. So yeah. let, let's talk, know, <laughs> let's um let's jump into the Cerrone Benson Henderson fight because a couple of things came mm-hmm. out of this fight. I watched the fight twice after the conversation you and I had off air, and I can understand yeah. in the, you know how they gave it to Cerrone, and I also understand how they mm-hmm. could have given it to Benson Henderson. I think from a technique standpoint, Benson Henderson was showing us some really really evolved technique. He was all you know he was borrowing a lot of stuff from the John Jones camp. You know, punches to the thigh. You know, he was doing a lot of yeah. the, a lot of the really, really, really solid technique. But my problem is, and this goes back to what we were just saying about Uriah Hall. When I watched the fight the third time, I was like, "Yeah, dude, technique is great," but Cerrone was eating a lot of that shit. The only time he kind of looked in danger was when that one glancing kick, and and you know, Joe Rogan was like, "Yeah, oh, I think he caught him," and you could kind of see Cerrone's like, "Yeah, you know, he was kind of." He definitely got caught, yeah. and he, and he took it like a beast. But I just felt that Benson Henderson was playing was playing you know the point fighting. He was point he was doing point fighting and and style. Cerrone was just coming in there like, yeah. yo man, I need this Bud Light money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, there, there's a couple reasons I think this fight looked that way. One, I think they're well, they are friends. Yep. Two, Cerrone had fought two weeks ago. Yep. Ben Henderson was planning on fighting Eddie Alvarez. Like, so really neither one of them got to game plan for the fight. And I, and I'm pretty sure that that affected the way they fought. Absolutely. Um, my thing with Ben Henderson is like, he's won a lot of close decisions that I thought he clearly lost. Mm-hmm. And it's because his style changed drastically after he won the title. Before he won the title, he was out there mauling dudes. Yep. Absolutely. And then he won the title and went to this, this weird conservative, kicking conservative style and which is fine when you had the title i mean i don't know fine is the right word but okay you you had the title you're trying to keep it i can understand fighting like that but once you lost the title you shouldn't fight like that anymore because you're trying to you're trying to get back to a dude that's beaten you twice absolutely you have to do a lot now to get back to it so i hope for his sake he takes this fight and is like okay now i have to be aggressive now i have to go back to what i was doing but I mean, te- technique-wise, he looked excellent. I mean, his striking has come a long, long way. Dude, it was um, beautiful but, technique. I was, I was like, wow. I'm like, he, I'm like, this dude's on a whole other level right now. Yeah, he, he Ben Henderson is still one of the top four or five lightweights in the world. He still beats most dudes. Yep. Is this, you know, it, he he's got to change. I don't know if changing his style is the right the way to put it. But he he's got to adjust his style to be maybe more aggressive now. And then when Donald Cerrone won, he needs to stop fighting so much. Uh, there's diminishing returns when you fight mm-hmm. this much, <laughs> because it happened to him before when he ended up running up against Nate Diaz and getting destroyed. Like, yeah, I understand. Like, I'm um, listening to him talk about why he does it. I understand why he feels he needs to fight this much. 
but it's not good for your body to one cut weight that often and two go do a training camp over and over again. And so like I'm hoping like his next fight isn't until May against uh Khabib, remember Gnanoff. And it gives his body some time to rest because it he should not be fighting this often this this much. Like it's just not good for you. Well, you know what it is? I think in his case and, and you might you may agree or disagree with this, psychologically, Donald Cerrone is the embodiment of what the ultimate fighting championship is. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a dude, it's like, yo, I'm not there to be pretty. You know, yeah, I'll I'll talk to the press and I'll do this shit. But he's just like, eat, sleep, fight, repeat. That's it. That's it. Or in his case, you know, eat, drink, fight, repeat. (laughs) Yeah, is that, and like, I I feel like he's, he he doesn't have the same goals of, as everyone else. Like, some, some people have like the, the goal, like, oh, I want a um, a legacy. He doesn't. He's not trying like, to get one. Yeah, like I mean, I'm sure he wants a belt, but it's not something that he's gonna kill himself over. Like, right? He just he he just like the fighting part, right? And that you know, I when when I was watching the open workouts and he comes over to Bendo and he's like, "Yo, man, you know, friends could fight," and you know, when they were like, "Yo, let's go out there and get this 50k." You know what I mean? Like that's that re that reestablished what you and I talked about before. It's like, yo, MMA friends, friends and teammates can fight each other and come out still being cool. You know, if you can't do that, yeah. then you don't know how to handle you conduct yourself in the business of fighting. Because those guys you saw, they're like, yo, you ready to do this? Dudes were hugging in between rounds because these guys. That's what I'm saying. Like old school. Like, yo, we just gonna go out there and take this money and get paid and give the fans a show. I mean, well, you know, what you were saying about a glorified sparring session, you know, it was it was funny because it, it was to a degree, but there was also real respect there because both dudes are dangerous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, 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 they clearly respected each other. I mean, they, they had two, well, one really close fight. The other was uh, like a blowout, but um, kind of somebody switching into a guilting. But <laughs> they're, they're friends, and... That's how the fight between. Well, I hope that's not how all fights between friends goes, but it didn't surprise me the fight looked that way. It did. It didn't. But you know what the the thing was? It was funny when he went to the to the to the stool, and that dude was like, "Yo, you're gonna turn that up to second gear now, or what?" You know, like 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 I like that because it's like they saw they're like, "Yo, Cerrone's like," and you know he's not gonna say nothing because they were like when they were like, "Yo, you got any injuries or anything coming in?" He's like, "Yo, I'm not telling you that." <laughs> like I liked when he did that yeah, because I mean, he again I, old school man. Yeah, so I mean it. The fight could have been better, but I mean I'm not you know I'm not I'm not stressing it. <laughs> the fight could have been better, yeah, but uh, that's how that it happens when he fought two weeks ago. So yep. Um, hopefully for both of them they move on and and both go on to bigger and better things. I hope Benson Henderson stays at 155 because I think 170 he, he might get killed for him to go to 170. He might get yeah, killed he, at 170. He's a big lightweight. Yeah. yeah. He's a big lightweight. He is nowhere near a big welterweight. He's not even a small welterweight. So, you think he'd make that 55? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like he makes 155 fine. So um, I'm just hoping he doesn't. Like, I don't know. Like, 170, I just think, would be a bad idea for him because there are dudes that are huge at 170. I, 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 uh, I misspoke. 140, 145 is what I'm saying. 
You think Benson can make 145? No. <laughs> Maybe by cutting off a leg. <laughs> Cut off that hair. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, like, I mean, he, he, he's, he's not that he's struggling to make 155, but it doesn't look like an easy cut for him to make 155. Right. So I highly doubt he can make 145. You know, watching watching him fight, I saw a lot of similarities. You know, obviously you see the influence of John Jones in there, but you also see young young up and coming GSP in Benson Henderson style. Little yeah, bit. Well, I don't. Yeah, especially when he was more aggressive because old school, like GSP before, like early in his career, was hurting people. Yep, monster. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. You know, and I and I think and, and Benson Henderson, dude, another guy, marketing marketing machine. You can market that guy super easy. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, you know, some people may not may not vibe with the you know with the holy roller aspect of it. But dude, again, another guy, instant role model, clean cut dude, exciting to watch, well spoken, donut. No, you know, unless you're a hardcore fan, people like. Oh, that was the guy that got that caught the Showtime kick. <laughs> yes, I mean he could be marketed, but it seems to be the UFC. Unless you're Conor McGregor, yep, <laughs> not really putting a whole lot of super effort into marketing you. Well, let's 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 talk about that because that's that's obviously the the main event. Um, you know, we were we were laughing because when the fight started, Joe Rogan's like, "Yeah, Dennis Seaver, top ten guy, yeah, you know, dangerous guy, blah blah blah." By the middle of that first round, worst, worst fighter he fought, oh, dude. In the second round, he was like, Joe Rogan's like, "I don't know, man. He doesn't look like he belongs in there with Conor McGregor." I'm like, "Motherfucker, you were the same guy that legitimately said this dude was a killer, <laughs> like like in the in the first five yeah. minutes." Dude, I was I was dying. But don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. We did we did see some really good striking out of McGregor. But again, MMA math, mm-hmm. MMA math dictates that that shouldn't have been a title fight making uh opportunity. We all know that. You and me and a, and a dozen others are like, "Yo, he should have been fighting Frankie or yes, or Chad Mendes." Frankie. You know? And getting that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I, okay, I have very, I don't have an issue with Conor McGregor because I feel like Conor McGregor, one is good for the sport. Yep, I feel like is. dudes that can market themselves and make, uh, make themselves money is yep. good for the sport. Absolutely. Um, my problem is more with the UFC clearly protecting him. Um, and, and he might not even need this protection. Nope, he might not. Because, so, I mean, we don't know what he looks like against a guy like Chad Mendes or Frankie Edgar. Even though I think Frankie Edgar would probably beat him, but we don't know what he looks like against these guys. Dude, that so reach it, is it a problem. Of, yeah, that reach is a problem, but we, we also don't know, like, I mean, Frankie gets in, I mean, Frankie's fought a lot of bigger guys and yep. been able to take them down and outstrike them. So, I mean, m- my whole thing with Conor McGregor is this. UFC is clearly protect or clearly protecting him to get to Aldo. Mm-hmm. Um, but this dinner fever fight, like I don't think there was a reason to take this far of a step backwards as far as opponents. Because look, look at the opponents he fought. So Marcus Brimage would probably be the worst opponent he's fought. Marcus Brimage is not bad. Then you got Max Holloway, 
who probably is the best fighter he's fought. Right. Um, Matt Holloway's out here destroying dudes. Then you got Diego Brandau, who's clearly better than Dean Seaver, and Dustin Poirier, who's clearly better than Dennis Seaver. And then the fight that gets him a title shot is Dennis Seaver. Like, that that was my only issue. Like, if you're going to get to do the title shot off a fight, like, it should have been the Poirier fight then. Not the Seaver fight, but... No, um, I agree. He looked good. Uh, huh? I agree. Yeah, but, I mean, kind of looked good. He had no reason he shouldn't have looked good. Um... But he also showed some deficiencies uh, defensively that doing that against a guy like Jose Aldo, you're going to be asleep. Um, like, I mean, not if it's he he showed some things that I think Jose Aldo could take advantage of, and yep. um, you know, I'd I'd be interested. I'm interested to see how that fight's going to go. One of the most badass moments I think of Jose Aldo's career is when McGregor. <laughs> ran outside the cage and pretended like he was going to f- try to fight Aldo. He 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 casually grabbed that security guard first just to make sure. <laughs> well, you know what was <laughs> he funny? Never get close enough. But people people were like, "Yo, mm-hmm. Jose Aldo was laughing at that dude," and yeah, he was laughing at him because he's like, "Yo, this dude's a clown." But Jose Aldo's laughing at him like, "I'm gonna get so fucking paid." Yeah, like <laughs> first of all, Jose Aldo shouldn't have to. Jose Aldo shouldn't have to be in a situation where he's got to complain about how much money he makes. I agree 10,000%. How much uh, exposure he gets. Yep. Um, yeah, he he himself needs to be more marketable, but there's also there's a language barrier, and there's the fact that his personality isn't Connors. But, I mean, this is going to be the fight that gets him the most paid. And personally, if they can get uh, Jones as the main car, a main event, and McGregor as the co-main. Yep. McGregor and Aldo as the co-main. That might do a million bucks. Easy. Well, well, here's here's the funny thing. I I I pulled up the latest UFC rankings, and I just I just want to break this down for you. Um, number ten now is Jeremy Stevens. Dennis Seaver dropped to number twelve. Nine is Oliveira. Eight is Lentz. Poirier is number seven. Bermudez is six. Cub is five. McGregor is now ranked fourth. Now, think of this. He went up. You know, he went up one. The next yeah. three guys are Ricardo Lamas at three, Edgar at two, and Mendes at one. So, again, MMA math should have dictated that Conor McGregor's fight this past Sunday should have been against either Lamas, Edgar, or Mendes. Period. <laughs> It's like, yo, you fought a dude that just dropped to number 12 and you got a title shot out of that. And, you know, when when Frankie Edgar was doing the 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 booth, the color commentary and Daniel Cormier is like, yeah, Frank, but, you know, be real. How do you really feel about it? You know, it's like Frankie Edgar's tight as a motherfucker. But he also <laughs> knows, you yeah. know, he said the best thing. He goes, yo, this guy brings exposure to our division. And it was a backhanded way of saying that, yo, nobody gives a fuck about us because Jose Aldo is not marketable. That was it. And it's unfortunate because he shouldn't have to make himself monster. Nope, he shouldn't. That should be your promoter's job. Yep. Guy's but, a monster. You know, the UFC has... Yeah, hasn't lost in like a decade. Like, Thank you. Like the, the, He should be... You should be able to sell him. But the UFC is... 
I mean, we've had this conversation before. The UFC yep. is not very good at marketing their fighters, and it's it's really kind of productive. No, <laughs> but but the comedy in that is like I said, the dude went from number ten to number twelve. Like he's under Quake Clay Guida, you know, and and Jeremy Stevens, and it's like out of all of those guys, the only fights that would have made sense were those three fights. Like, if you would have said, yo, he's fighting Ricardo Lamas, and he's going to get a title shot. Okay, dude's number three. Not a problem. You know, but it's like, like, like you know, Edgar is, is fighting Mendes. We we know that's going to happen. But it's like, yo, he yeah. could have at least fought Ricardo Lamas. Like, like yeah, why, why couldn't you do that? Same thing with Ricardo Lamas. I mean, Ricardo Lamas, I, I remember Ricardo Lamas getting ran up on by Yuri Akatora, Yuri Alcantara, who was is a 135er. Like, yep. I remember him getting ran up on by him and knocked the fuck out. So, <laughs> like, he probably would have done the same thing to him. Right, like, but at least... There was no need to protect him, but... From a ranking standpoint, you would have been like, yo, he's fighting the number three. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at least yeah, it wouldn't like, have looked so blatant. <laughs> it, yeah, it's blatant that they're protecting him. And, I mean, the thing with that is, like, I mean, they do it in boxing all the time. So it's a very boxing model what they're doing with McGregor. Yep. I, I'm just not a fan of it in MMA because MMA has done a, a good job most of the time uh, avoiding that boxing model of building guys artificially. Yep. And, I Canning mean, them we'll, up. I mean, we'll see if he can sink us. Yeah. And, and I mean, we'll like, there was a boxing match this weekend with Deontay Wilder and uh, Bermaine Stavern. Deontay Wilder didn't fight anybody. 32 fights, 32 rounds. He didn't fight anybody up until that fight. He he won the fight. I mean, once he gets to that point, just like with Conor McGregor, he's going to get to a point where he got to sink or swim. Yep. This is when he fights Aldo. We'll we'll know if he's good or not. But I mean, I just I just think it was the UFC has done a really good job of avoiding having to do that for a long time, and and I, I just wasn't a fan of how they went about it. You and me both. And it's funny, Val in the chat said he's going to have a hard time at the top. Let's say for argument's sake, he beats Jose Aldo. I you beat the number one dude. Mm -hmm. You're the man now. You're the man with six fights. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you're 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 Brock Lesnar, pretty much. Like you are a giant target, and every dude from 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 rank numbers two through five is coming for you. Not to mention the fact that there's gonna be that money in that rubber match. Because you know, if Jose Aldo loses yeah. and it's and it's some bullshit decision or some non decisive shit. You know, Jose Aldo's getting that rematch. He's going to be like, yo, I want that rematch immediately. Dana's going to be like, oh, but Jose Aldo's yeah, like, yeah. that fight needs to happen first. I don't care who's next. Uh, yeah, and as far as hard time at the top, I don't know how difficult it is. I, I, I think he beats Ricardo Lomas. Um, I don't know if he beats Frankie, and I don't know if he beats Chad Miller. Right. He beats just about anyone else. Right, but that's um, the thing, though. Think about it. It's like that. If it was a question where we're talking Anderson Silva or John Jones, where it's like dudes get to the top and they're just thrashing everybody that comes their way, but you beat the number ten guy, you fight the number one guy, maybe you beat the number one guy, and yeah, that that you might cement your legacy with that. But yeah, you beat the number one guy, but if you didn't beat him decisively, it's all a matter of 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 staying number one. You get what I'm saying? I think that it would yep. it, it's it's harder for him. It's going to be harder for him staying number 1 and keeping it exciting if if he's fighting, you know, if they're giving him cans, you know what I mean? Like like if he were, you know, to win the belt, 
he it's like yo he's fighting the number six guy like no 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 you know what i mean like the next three guys should yeah, be I the mean, next I, three opponents i kind of i kind of i kind of think they they won't be i mean once you get the belt they can't um like that you really can't just shove guys into um title shots at that point so i don't know we'll we'll, we'll see we, we we'll see I want to have it with him, but go ahead. But go ahead, bro. No, I, I was done. No, I was gonna say okay. I wanted. I wanted to just um, kind of, kind of backtrack a bit. Did you get to catch the uh, the Bellator card? Because they were off to a good. They were off to the races on that card. Yeah, I, yeah, I caught it. I, I was, I would, dude, I was shocked that Daniel Strauss got choked out. Shocked, <laughs> like in yeah, such a was, nasty fashion. Dude, that was a nasty choke. I was like, "Oh, that guy's like he folded him." I was like, "Oh, that's that's a bad move." Yeah, I mean, it, it was it watching the fight. Like he he made a mistake by going for a Kamara while not in guard. Um, left his neck out there. Uh, Pitbull snatched it, but Damon Strauss was good, man. He looked really, really good. Yep, I, I like I like that fight. Um, I'm shocked Houston Alexander won his fight. <laughs> that's all I gotta say. <laughs> I'm sure Houston Alexander is still fighting, honestly. Well, well, remember, remember, Kimbo Slice is coming back. <laughs> yeah, Kimbo Slice I, better fight Houston yeah. Alexander first. <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd, I'd watch that Gong Show, <laughs> dude. You know, you know the thing is when they were I, when they were announcing it, all I kept hearing was the guy at the barbecue saying, "Get him, Ferg, get him." Get him, Ferg. That's all. That's 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 all I. That's all I heard. And Mortis Morta says, uh, you know, that Kimbo and Houston fought before. I I'd still watch it. I'd still watch it because it, that's it that's that's the barbecue fight right there. That's that's fu- that's five o'clock that on a Sunday, <laughs> dude. That's five o'clock on a Sunday. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hell, you, you. Oh, they did fight, and he beat him. Wow. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely watch that. I definitely, I definitely watch that again and enjoy it because I mean, it's Kimbo Slice, man. Like this whole thing is just being enjoyable to watch. <laughs> Dude, when he did the interview, he's like, yeah, I've been boxing. I'm seven and O and I'm like, okay, I'm seven and O in boxing. You haven't been in the cage in how long? <laughs> Yeah, yeah um, a while. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, hell, I also who was he boxing? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's like, what I'm saying. Like, who who were you actually boxing? That Get him first. Really, <laughs> a real boxer, dude. Like, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you what, though, he's he's trying to get in there immediately. He's like, yo, I take, I take, I, you know, I'll fight Tito Ortiz, and I said to myself. I'd watch that shit. Like, I thought about it, and I'd say, yo, I would watch him try and rattle Tito Ortiz's cranium because the shit talking for that fight would be ridiculous. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'd watch that. I mean, hopefully they don't go the full full, 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 full pro wrestling route again. Nah, that was like all Stephen Bonner, dude. That was terrible like <laughs> kimbo's like, I mean, a hood dude issue huh kimbo's a hood dude man he'd be like yo man don't make me punch you in the face out here 
Yeah, like, I mean, like, even the end of the fight when he's throwing water on, I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> but, yo, is I, that... I couldn't. I... Go ahead. Hmm? Go ahead, man. I just couldn't take any of it seriously. No, but, dude, for him to be like, yo, I'll fight Tito, I'm like, well, damn. You know, I I, I thought about that fight, and it just popped, you know, when, when he mentioned that, I was like, you know what? Fuck, that would be a, a crazy fight. Because Tito, Tito's in that mindset where he wants to stand now. He's another one doing the doing the rampage. Yo, I want to stand. All right, stand stand with Kimbo. Stand with a dude whose hand is a, is a canned ham. He's another he's another dude. Yeah, it would. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I I definitely watch it, dude. I I would have <laughs> I mean, said. Not, go ahead. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of watching Tito fight now, but I I definitely watch that fight. <laughs> well, I I'd say this, dude. If Rampage wouldn't have dipped out, Rampage and Kimbo would have been so ghetto so ghetto in such a good yeah, way well rampage would have probably destroyed <laughs> like, <laughs> like rampage is not the same fighter that he was rampage is still eh, top 15 top 20 like heavyweight he would have destroyed Kimball's fight. dude i, I would have loved to see that just real just just rampage dipping into that country ass whooping talk when he really dislikes a dude like yo, man, I'm gonna come out there and I'm gonna bust this guy. I would have, I would have paid for that just, just for the interviews alone. Just, just for the yeah, interviews. It would have been, it would have been fun to watch. Um, but you know, Rampage, Rampage went to get some more money in the UFC. Dude, he he played he played those Bellator guys. He played them. If they let him put that in their contract. Uh, they played themselves. <laughs> they did, but he. But the if fact you, that he he watched that so closely is what I like. He's like, oh yeah, well they said they were going to give me this, this, and this, and uh, they didn't. So I figured I'm leaving. I'm like, well shit, <laughs> you are you are you are on top of that. Yeah, but I mean that, and uh, the fact that they didn't watch it is also <laughs> indicative of what's going on over like, there. Yeah, like the fact that you were unaware of a clause that y'all put in the contract, and maybe it was done before they the the group that's there now got there. But still, like you need to be a, pay attention to that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. I want to talk talk a little bit about some money and some statistics because you know people people don't understand that sometimes while while the MMA math is there, it's 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 the bottom line paychecks. That, that are always interesting. So, you know, the 50K bonuses got handed out. Obviously, Conor McGregor took one. Lorenz Larkin took one. And then Fight of the Night went to O'Connell and Matt Van Buren. Now, MMA Junkie released the salaries for that card. Dennis Seaver made $39,000 for his fight. Conor McGregor, with his $85,000 win bonus, made one hundred and seventy. Plus another 50000 Plus another fifty. <laughs> And then here, here's here's a here's another crazy one. Donald Cerrone made one hundred and forty six thousand with a seventy three thousand dollar win bonus to Benson Henderson's forty eight k. Yeah, I, I would I would have imagined that Benson Henderson was making more money than that. I mean, he was a former champion, but I don't know, dude. He, he might need to re- he make more than that. He might need to restructure that contract. Cathal Pendred made sixteen grand. He had an eight thousand dollar win bonus. Sean Spencer made fourteen thousand, and then they paid him his bonus and all his stuff to show too. Because Dana, Dana's like, "Yo, you got robbed, Good. dude." 
that's that's one thing I, I like about Damon. When a dude is clearly robbed, he will pay his his win bonus because he deserves his win bonus. Well, talking about the numbers, right? Let's let's get into the number that really matters. So, you know, obviously Fox, you know, they were they were doing the the heavy promotion, doing the NFC game, and um, UFC Fight Night averaged two million seven hundred and fifty one thousand views on Fox Sports One. It had a one point four rating in the eighteen to forty nine demographic. Not only that, but the main event peaked with 3,162,000 viewers during the main event. Now, here's the statistic that that validates why they're doing what they're doing. The show was the UFC's highest-rated show on cable since the Ultimate Fighter 10 finale in 2009. It even beat out five of the (laughs) UFC's 13 live events on Fox. See that I shit? Mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when when you promote your fights, when when you promote it to the the point where it's, it's sickening, nauseating. <laughs> yeah, like people are going to be like, "Who is this dude that I'm constantly seeing on my TV?" Right. So, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised that it did well. Well, like, thing- I would be shocked if it didn't do well. Well, the thing that gets me is. It was the third most viewed event in the history of UFC Fight Night, which started in 2005. The third most viewed event. And mind you, we were joking about this a couple of months back where we were like, yo, is the UFC even cracking hardcore buys anymore? Because, dude, it feels like every weekend there's a card. There is. (laughs) They're doing 46 shows this year. Yep. 46 weekends. Like, uh, I'm being 100% honest. There's, there were fights I didn't see. Like, I didn't even know Roy McDonald and uh, Terry Safferty fought. Yep. Like, until the UFC told me. Because <laughs> I have a life, and I refuse to spend every single weekend watching MMA. Like, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't front, though. I am I am ready for Rumble and, and, for, and for Gustafson to go down this weekend. Don't get me wrong, dude. Oh, I'm most definitely ready for that. Like, I want to <laughs> see that, but, like... It it is a bit of a uh, investment because it, what is three weekends in a row? Like actually, well, it's about to be four. Well, like, I'm not I'm not gonna front, dude. That Nick Diaz Anderson Silva card. Aside from that fight, the rest of that card is just not sixty dollars. Like I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's like, have y'all looked at that card? Like genuinely looked at the shit? I'm like, like you know, I have we have the UFC gym here. And, you know, they give the fights, they give the pay-per-views there. And I'm like, yeah, that fight is me driving to the gym at 11 o'clock. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm looking at the card now. I mean, the Jordan Mean, Tiago Alves fight should be good. Right. Uh, the Ian McCall, John Linnickel fight. And Tyron Willie Kevin. Yeah, this is, yeah, they could have <laughs> put this on five. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, like, because I'm looking at this and, like, there's one to three, four fights I care about. Right. There's 12 fights on this card. <laughs> there you go. Dude, that fight would have crushed it on like a, a regular Fox event, like right before the Super Bowl. Oh, dude, it would have been bananas. They, pro- they put a, probably got a nasty viewer rate. It probably would have been top four after the fight, the McGregor fight probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you put Anderson Silva on regular TV, you, you know, you open the card up with John Lineker, uh, 
uh, Ian McCall, you get Jordan Ian, Tiago Alves, Tyler yep. Willie, Kevin Gaffer. Yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some fights on here worth watching, but like, I mean, the majority of them, nobody cares about. That, and nobody that, wants to see. And that's why I feel like Tyler ladies. <laughs> and that, and that's why I feel like kind of an asshole. I'm like, I'm like, damn, you know, they just came off this this bomb ass McGregor fight. They got Rumble and Gustafson, which is gonna probably just end violently. And you know, they got they got the fight, the fight of the ages. And it's like the it's the fight of the ages. Let let me put it like this. It's a it's a hundred dollar steak served over white bread. <laughs> like There's also it. a really good chance that fight is very short. Yeah. <laughs> that fight, dude, that fight's gonna be <laughs> That fight's going to end one way or the other. And, you know, we, we were talking about this, me and a good friend of mine, that I'm really upset with Cats just writing off Anderson Silva. It's like, dude, you do realize that Anderson Silva on any day with one hand time behind his back can probably fuck up half the people on this planet. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like there's a decent to good chance he's going to hurt Nick Diaz Thank really you. badly. Um, and I'm not actually surprised. Like I've heard people pick Nick Diaz. I'm like, what exactly is Nick Diaz going? To, and I'm a Nick Diaz. What exactly can he do to Anderson Silva? Like I don't know. Like, man. I'm, I'm hearing these people like, like he could outbox him. Like really? Go outbox Anderson Silva? Like really? That's 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 what's going to happen. Like, I no. think I think the deciding <laughs> factor for that fight, dude, is if it goes to the ground. Yeah, but Anderson Silva, it's not like Anderson Silva's bad. No, he's not. He's, he's not. actually really, really good. So, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm pretty, I'm surprised with people like, oh, you know, he can, he can beat him. I mean, yeah, he possibly can, but I, I just don't see how. I don't know, man. But like I said, you know, $100 steak over, over white bread. <laughs> that's That's what it feels like. <laughs> Like it's just like, oh wow, look at this beautiful steak. Oh, what do I get with that white bread? <laughs> like that's that's what it is. Like again, the uh, the undercard fights aren't terrible, but it's not. Yo, let me go drop 60, 60 clams on this fight. Like yeah. I said, that's me hopping in the car, spending you know three dollars of gas, wandering into the gym in some sweats, and sitting and sitting in front of the big screen and watching it, and then coming home. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm probably going to a bar and catch that. Like, I'm not. I'm not buying that. <laughs> there you go. So, they started putting together some really solid cards. the uh, The UFC 185 card actually looks really good. Um, two title fights: Anthony Pettis, of course, taking on Rafael dos Anjos, and uh, Carla Spars is defending her belt against uh, jo- Joanna Jidrezic. And um, that's not that's not a bad card for you know two title fights there. And then um, I was bummed though because I heard that um, Jacare's fight with Yoel Romero got canceled because Jacare came down with pneumonia, yeah. and I know we were talking about that fight. Yeah, we were yeah hyped. I heard that. Yeah, I heard that. That that sucks, but I mean, I, I'm I'm sure they will reschedule it once he's healthy. So there's a couple of uh, of MMA news I I do want to get into, but I do want to address this uh, this John Jones situation. So. He got his uh, arbitrary UFC twenty five thousand dollars slap on the wrist for um, you know fighter co- fighter misconduct, and um, you know he he did his little interview. Uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before. You know, being extra contrite, and um, you know, hey, you know, I fucked up, blah blah blah. And um, you know, I, I know you're a fan, and and I, and I want to just have you step mm-hmm. out of that out of that mindset for a minute. 
Um, first thing was one day of rehab. Come on, son. Come on. Um, I'll say this: if his explanation for why it was one day of rehab is legitimate, um, then okay. Uh, my my whole opinion on that, and, and I never got a chance to to really state it, is um, I I didn't think. When I first initially heard it, I was like, oh, well, he probably should be set to the belt because, you know, he, he, he got popped for uh, cocaine. Right. After I read, you know, that the he shit was isn't never banned. supposed to be tested. Yeah, if one isn't banned, <laughs> two, he was never supposed to be tested, and three, these test results were never supposed to be released publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had to reassess, like, okay, uh, this is a problem because now this, though he should, though something should be done to him, this is more of an issue with the insect now because they fucked up royally. And now everybody's looking at him like, yo, you're doing cocaine. And he's like, well, yeah, but there, there's no reason anyone should know this right now. Uh, my whole thing on, on it was basically one, if he's a cocaine addict, which I highly doubt he is. Cause I mean, it's hard to compete at a super high level while having a crippling cocaine addiction. This is um, true, but I, I, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Yeah, I, I doubt he's a he's an addict. Now, has he used it? Does he has he probably used it multiple times? Yes. Uh, does he? If it becomes a, w- without knowing his usage per se, I, I can't jump to the conclusion that he's an addict. Um, all okay. I can say is if he has a problem, he should get help for it. Um, okay. But my 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 thinking is one the rehab. I feel like that was a publicity stunt told to him by the UFC, like, you need to go to rehab. Mm-hmm. And he, even even if even when they called him, he was probably like, I don't have a problem. You need to go to rehab because this looks bad. Yep. And then he goes and he's like, I don't want to stay here. And he leaves. Now, what should have been done, and, and the best, and, and in my opinion, what probably would have been best is, okay, he gets pop of cocaine. He releases a statement that day, like, I don't, um, I'm not an addict, but I messed up. I messed up, you know, did some cocaine. I messed up. I'm going to seek family. I'm going I'm to seek family counsel. I'm going to seek uh, uh, alternative um, counseling counsel mm-hmm. for, for, for this. Because as soon as you say rehab, people are like, oh, well, he's going to addiction. As soon as you say rehab, people are jumping to addiction. And I kind of feel like the rehab wasn't his idea. Um, I can I can agree with that. So. Yeah, so I, I kind of feel like once he got there, he was like, "Well, fuck this shit. I don't want to be here." <laughs> and like, and if you and if he legit doesn't think he had the problem, then you know you're telling you know your 27 year old rich gr- grown ass man like, "Hey, you need to stay in a rehab." Like, I don't feel like I have a problem, so why am I here? So um, that's my first thing with that. It, a lot a lot of this comes from the insect fucking up. Like his results shouldn't have been publicly released. It seems and he could sue them and win, and they would be comp- and they are completely in the wrong with it. Now he needs to get, like I said, he needs to get help if he has a problem. But I kind of, I kind of, I just don't. I have a hard time believing he's an addict. Well, here's here's where I stand with it, and and I just got a, a communique from a good friend of mine. He to, he says to me, and I quote: He goes, "Mad wrestlers are cokeheads. You can still perform and be an addict." And that right there is exactly what I was going to address the elephant in the room. You can be an addict and say, 
I'm not an addict. Let's be realistic, dude. Drugs mm-hmm. are drugs. What got me, and yeah. and this goes back to what you said about the NSAC. First of all, the fact that you know you crucify a dude that smokes a that smokes a blunt, but you don't even you don't even got you don't even have coke on the list. Like it's not even a question of oh it's a recreational drug. No motherfuckers, it is coke. Rich people crack. You know what I mean? Like still a drug, and and you know that trips me out. Because they, you know that that was that was just a big botch, and then it's like, oh well, we accidentally tested for that, which leads me to what I said before, and I said this, you know, the week, and I w- and I wish you you were there for that. It was, it's like, so basically, what you're saying is you tested it by mistake. So would it have gone under the radar, and would Jones still have been doing coke? Like it's all good. Like like think about this just from that standpoint. We don't know the timeline of how long the dude was or wasn't. You know, you, you know, being the snowman, we don't know that. Well, according to Jones, according Jones, <laughs> he didn't know it wasn't he. And and I kind of believe this because I, I have uh, when when I when I wrestled in high school, um, I had no idea uh, what was on the bad substance list, and I got in trouble once for taking uh, was it star caps? It, it was it was a uh, diuretic, uh, and I got in trouble for it. I had no idea what it was on the bad substance list. He said when he got tested initially, he knew he was on pop. And when the in the, in the anchor or the interview was like, "Well, did you know it wasn't it wasn't on a banned substance?" He was like, "No." So there's a good chance that he didn't even know that it was wasn't on a banned substance. Right. But that but and, that that's just crazy. Like like just think about it. Exactly what you were saying about the NSAC. It is crazy. You know what I mean? Coke, speed you know, special, you know what I mean? Like none of that, none of that yeah. is there strictly from just a life perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah, go to a job, also, you go, you oh, go right. to a job, you know, not, not to, not to cut you off. You go to your job, you get a random drug test mm-hmm. just because, you know, you don't, you, you do, or you don't, uh, the drug use doesn't impede your job. Doesn't mean that if that shit don't come up, you're not getting called into HR about it. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Like just, just yeah, I'm it's fired like, if I get popped for drugs. Thank you, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's like, oh yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah. Hey guys, you know it's just a little weed. No, like that's that's what gets me. And then you know Dana White fucking, oh, oh you know dudes, uh, dudes that are on weed, I'm cutting them loose. And then we're gonna give John all the help he deserves. And it and it's like, my buddy said he's like, of course he's gonna do that. Motherfucker's the goose that lays the golden eggs. You know he's not he's not gonna throw yeah, the I motherfucker mean, under the bus. But I will say this. The fact that they just sat idly by and kind of just came up with this arbitrary twenty five grand, you know, because of personal conduct, it's like no, like the dude. It's like here's what you're gonna do. It's like you're gonna do three months of rehab, you know, just to make sure that we can sweep this under the rug. Like, it's like you also got to look at it from an organization standpoint. That yeah, one day, no motherfucker, three months. You know what I'm saying? Like whether whether and and to go with what you're saying, hey, this isn't my scene. This is not my scene. It's the it's the bigger picture. Hey, you're the face of this organization. You're a Reebok signed athlete. We put all this money into this shit, and they're marketing the fuck out of you. You need to at least suck it up and do three months. At yeah, like, least, and that's what I'm, that's yeah, and 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 that's what what I'm saying. Like I, I feel like I feel like first of all, the UFC handled this incredibly poorly because yep. apparently they knew in December and yep. didn't tell him or his camp or yep. anybody because they were like we need to have this fight like 
you can push the fight back. Like, there was no reason this could have happened. You don't even have to specify what happened. Exactly. You can be like, John Jones got injured. Or so or, or, or just personal injured. issues. Could, personal issues. The old personal, personal issue issues. line. Yeah, and even, even though you can tell Daniel Cormier what happened, or you could allude to Cormier what happened, so he right. doesn't go in the media like he's ducking me. Right. Because or or you couldn't have him do that and build up more more stuff for the fight. Exactly. You said personal issues. You moved the fight back to what, March? Or would it be March? Yeah, at that point. Uh no, February. You move the fight fight back to February. Right. He goes to rehab, he gets out, you still have this big fight. There was no reason the UFC should have sat on this information. If you really exactly. cared about John Jones the person. Right. You would have been like, yo, like, what are you doing? Like you're you're like a month out from one of the, the, the biggest fight of your career. What? Why? What are you? What are you doing at this party doing coke? Yeah, the dude's right a wallet now, with legs. I feel, say what? Dude's a wallet with legs. You know, it's just like yo, there's a wallet with legs. Just open it up and take the money out. Like that's what that's what they looked yeah, at, and, and they handled it poorly. And like I, you know, and you and I talked about this on air. It's like, listen, if this was something that you that the organization knew about, then they should have put the fire out immediately. Not when you know Kevin Iol is dropping an article like, "Yo, John Jones got popped for coke, and the internet collapsed on itself." You know, like Dana yeah. White and the UFC yeah, should have like, been like, "You know, we were informed of some personal conduct issues with John Jones relating to substances that are not banned, but that are not substances that he should be taking. We're going to address the matter in house. The fight will go on as scheduled, and that's it." You know what I mean, dude? Just just throw the water on yeah. the fire before the fire burned out of control because that's what happened as soon as kevin io dropped that article that afternoon you know you messaged me i think it was at five o'clock like yo can you believe this shit and i'm like it was it was around six o'clock when i started seeing it just show up in my rss feed and show up in my in my alerts dude and everybody at that point had it and then it got insane at that point because yep. then you saw his uh testosterone levels which has been proven like after the fact that he wasn't taking anything. Right. But then people saw that and automatically were like, oh, now he's on steroids. Like it just, it, it spiraled so far out of control when yep. UFC could have put the fire out from the jump. Yep. And all, and, 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 and in all seriousness, John Jones should probably look at suing the NSAC. And if I was John Jones, I would. Even even if I actually have an issue. Well, the thing that got me. something Go that should have been released, yeah. Well, that was the thing too. The oh, thing. That was just, that, that they were like, yo, they somebody, you know, they they asked for us to make the results public. It's like, who asked for the results to be made public? Who? Because that was some shit yeah, they put I out too. Doubt it was UFC. No, the fuck, it wasn't. Who? <laughs> I doubt it was John Jones. <laughs> Thank you. Who? Who and, and did like, that? Who? 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 Two. Why did you have to? Right. You, you actually didn't have to. Who like, was this I, third I party? In Las Vegas. I think technically the results are public record. Right, but I, I forget how it's worded. But they don't technically have to release them to you. There you go. So but who, who was the third party for them? Yeah, who asked you for them, and why did y'all feel it was in your best interest to release them? Mm-hmm. Why was it so imperative? So I mean, yeah, why was it so imperative that you release these 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 results that you sat on in December? And didn't tell anybody about the UFC because if you really wanted to release them, you would release them December what was it fourth that they found. Yep, that out? that you afternoon. The next day, that afternoon there should have been and a also, PDF, and, a PDF with a drug test. Yeah, 
And also, if I'm John Jones, I'm also selling them for some defamation because then you, you're 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 dropping my uh, my TE levels and having everybody before they even came out and said they they did the uh, the CRT test or the CIR test. I forgot what the the carbon test is. is the is the test uh, they want to go with. Yeah, the 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 one to see if he's really taking something. Right. Um. They didn't even say they did, they just released that paper and didn't say they did this test. So then you right. have people looking at it like. What well, is testosterone levels are really, really low, and you know that's from masking agents. And don't release anything saying, "Hey, yeah, we actually did the test to check that." They just released the paper and just let it float out there. Yep. And then you got Victor Conti coming around talking about, "Well, that looks suspicious to me." Like, but look who's saying that shit. It, it's Victor so Conti was a was well, a. Yeah, it's also Victor Conti. <laughs> <laughs> it's also Victor Conti, but I mean. It, but, I mean, not just him, like other people coming out, well, that looks suspicious. Of course it looks suspicious because they released it with no context. Like, it just, it it it, it was a fucked up situation, and and I feel like they compounded it and made it worse. Oh, everybody, like, dude. John Jones didn't do a great job. Yeah, everybody made it worse. John Jones yep. should have never went to, if you don't think you have a problem, you should have told the UFC, I'm not going to rehab because mm-hmm. I don't think I have a problem. But I will release a statement saying I'm seeking family counsel. Yep. I'm seeking alternatives. Talking to my um, pastor. You know, the talking to my pastor fucking line. So, you know, that shit. Talking to my pastor. Something. Yep. Something that doesn't say I'm going to rehab. Thank because you. as soon as you go to rehab, people are expecting you to be there for at least a week. Shit. <laughs> like, but, dude. Like it, you, you leave in 24 hours. Dude, but then they dropped that. They, they, they threw that booby trap at his mother, which I talked about last week. And his mother's like, yeah, he did the day, the one day, and you know this was an eye opener, and he's gonna be at the playoff game, and it's like, what are you doing? Like one, <laughs> and I don't blame his mother. Like exactly, but dude, that was like, she just that was a blatant trap, dude. Like the the that entire setup for that interview with his mom was a fucking trap. Yeah, cause she not me and media savvy. She's like, yeah, I picked them up from the rehab center. Like, she, she, she wasn't even thinking like, oh, well, they're 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 trying to slander my son. Like, no, nah, I just picked them up from the rehab center. Like, he only did it one day. Like, ah. <laughs> but you know, know what there, there though? Was so many different things. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll let, I'll let you finish. Oh, there's so many different things, and also with John Jones, like, there's this dislike people have for him. But I got some, some of it is bordering on irrationality, but but just, I, just compounds that. I you know you were you were talking earlier about John Jones suing and all this stuff, but I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be as real as could be because you know you're my colleague. I consider you a friend. Yeah. But let's let's be fucking real. He perjured the fuck out of himself with that shit with the Nike deal, so he can't even fucking open yeah. his beak that he's suing any fucking body. Let's be realistic. The minute yeah. he even says, "I remember that now." Yeah, like, <laughs> the minute he goes, "Well, you know, you guys, you know, uh, uh, damage my character." Oh, we did, but who perjured himself? Like an asshole. Like, listen. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's like there's there's a lot of things. There's a lot of ways that you could look at it. That listen, in this situation, everybody's to blame. First of all. He's to blame because it's like what dummy that's at the top of the food chain doesn't think that he's going to do coke and the shit's not going to come out one way or the other. The shit's going to come out. You know, it's like, you know, 
my my buddy's uh he's not in the chat. He's texting me. He puts uh he could also be fired. He could have all his endorsements terminated. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, dude, your your management of this situation is shit. And whoever's in your corner yeah, telling you terrible. Dude, whoever's in your corner telling you to do the shit you're doing is a fucking idiot. Dana White is is is, is Janus. You know, he's straight two-faced. One minute you're crucifying guys, another minute we got to support. It, it's like shut up. Don't say nothing at this point because, dude, insert foot in mouth. And at the end of the day, the NSAC is a fucking army of jerk-offs because those dudes were all about trying to get paid that for New Year's with that fight. Everybody was wrong. It's like they shouldn't have made the shit public. He should have been held more accountable. His stupid $25,000 suspension, he I mean, his $25,000 fine, motherfucker wipes his ass with that fine. That's number one. Number two, his haphazard fucking, you know, throw myself on the mercy of the court interview that he did on Fox Sports 1 was a fucking joke. It's like, dude, just let the guy rock, suspend him, or, or make him go to mandatory rehab and make sure he's cleared. And make sure that he takes random tests. Because it's true. This is a business. Last time I checked, if I did yeah, coke like, and went to work and peed in a cup, I'd be fired. So would you. Yeah. I mean, my thing is, if, 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 if what he says is true, and we have no way of knowing it. Absolutely not. About, about the outpatient thing he's doing with the uh, rehab center then I have no problem with what he's doing. If that is true, if they're going to be randomly drug testing him, coming to his because I've heard like it's stuff like that. Because, okay. Uh, where and I that's work, fine. Like, you know, we have people, yeah, that we have, um, cause you know, I work in a prison. We have inmates that, you know, after they get out, they have to go through some kind of rehab program. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard of that, that. Now, when I heard that, I was like, well, that sounds like something we do at the prison I work at or the, the center I work at. But if that's true, okay. But everything else the UFC, and not so much John Jones, because I kind of feel like John Jones, in after after doing the coke, there wasn't really much else he did after that. Because he he did the coke, and then after that, it just all happened to him. <laughs> but dude, what the fuck else are you doing? You're fucking sitting there. Huh? You're sitting there, Tony Montana. You know, doing the line. Yeah. What the fuck else can you do at that point? Yo, you did coke. You got bagged. It's like just take the L. Yeah, no, that's that's not what I'm saying. I, no, I'm not involved him any any kind of. Oh no, I, I would hope he's not. The this all happened. <laughs> no, he's the reason this all happened. <laughs> he he is the catalyst of this all happening. My thing is, it was handled so poorly from that point on Ugh. that a lot of the the brunt of and it, I think people are losing how poorly handled this situation is. Oh, it was awful. because there's a lot of people who don't like John Jones. Right. And I think a lot of people are just fixated on, well, he did coke. Well, there was so much other things that went wrong. Y'all shouldn't even know about it. Like, that's the main thing. Like, he should be, if he did coke, he did do coke. When he did that coke, should have been automatically, you'll see like, yo, um, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to rehab. We're postponing your flight. That's it. In fact, should have not made this public. Yeah, it it should have never been public. Or the better and the I, better I think punishment. It's bad business. <laughs> not not to even not to cut you off. I apologize. Not to cut you off. But here's what you do: yeah. hit yeah. the motherfucker where it hurts. Hey, you want to do the? You want to do coke? You want to be? You want to spend money on on on, on the design of drugs? Guess what? You're not. You're not the champ no more. Shit's vacant. Get your yeah. shit together. Yeah, that's that's and that's what I and that's what I said like the the day it released before I knew about like it technically not being 
banned, uh, he was getting stripped of his title. Like I automatically thought, well, you're getting stripped of his title. And and I had would have had and honestly would have had no issue with that. If they go. stripped him of his title, made him go to rehab, and then all you have to do is do is still do the Anthony Johnson Gustafson fight. Yep. Then let's say he gets out of rehab. You're still randomly drug testing him. He's passing a random drug test. He's That's proving it. he's clean. That's or proving his, he's clean up to the fight anyway. That's it. Then you just do a title fight with him and whoever won that fight. That's simple it. Fix. You could, his next fight could be for the title again. That's it's a simple it. fix, and I think they just went about it. It's just the wrong Like, if they had stripped him of his title. Nobody would have batted an eyelash. Nobody would have complained, Nobody. dude. Nobody would have said shit. And then, like mm-hmm. I said, the fact that they are announcing, the you know, the third week of January pretty much, that he got fined $25,000, which, you know, it will be donated to a substance abuse program. It's like, are you fucking guys kidding me? Like, that's a bigger joke than, than, than all the fuck-ups for the drug test. Like, honestly, at this point, the UFC was better off not doing anything. That's anymore. it. Just like, fucking sweep it, it under it, the rug. Because at this point, yeah, like, at this point... Y'all, what y'all fucked up too much? Like at this, at this point, everybody can see what it is. It's to appease the public. Like you didn't need to define him at this point. You're not going to actually punish him. If John Jones really has a problem, he needs to get help. Now we won't know if he doesn't get popped again. Like to be honest with you, like I, I would be shocked if he ever got popped again for cocaine. Like I, I'd be shocked if he ever got popped. Again. Not to say he isn't doing it. I'd be shocked if he gets popped again for it. And we won't know if he has a problem until maybe after his career. But the UFC, if they really cared about him as a person, would have jumped on it from the jump and been like, yo, you're going to rehab for three months. Like, we're not even going to have a conversation with you. There you if go. you're going to rehab, if you want to keep your belt, you're going to rehab for three months. Yeah, well. Or, or however long. But, like, but, I mean, they did a poor job of it. But that's because, like, everybody, like everybody's been saying, and a lot of the people that I know, you know, off air said the same thing. Dude, they don't give a fuck about that, dude. You know, no, let's no. be real. <laughs> Give a fuck about him, man. But um, we could, we could, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a dude. And and you know, we'll we'll close it out with this. And and you you may agree with this. Everybody, you're punishing mm. somebody for for pissing hot, and you're giving them whatever six months suspension, a fine, whatever the case may be. The punishments should be the fucking same across the board. You smoke a L six months. Here's your fine. Thank you later. You get bagged with Coke. Oh, it's not a banned substance. Fuck you. It's Coke. You know what I mean? This is a job. You're done. Like, in that's honesty, it. Like, for me, in all honesty, like, I, I kind of feel like out of competition, I really don't care what you do. Like, I mean, like, like you want to smoke weed when you're not fighting or you're, you're a month or two away from your fight? Okay. Like, But, but that's the problem. Now, now, the commission doesn't. It's a problem because the commission doesn't know how to do that correctly at that point. Because again, they're out of they're out of competition testing guidelines vary from fighter to fighter. Chael said it. Vanderlei said it. Dude, all these dudes said it. it's like yo. It's when they feel like it. You know what's the window? Oh well, you know three weeks out from fighting is in. Con- you know what I mean? Like it. It, it the the Nevada yeah. State Athletic Commission is in such shit. That dude, it's 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 terrible. And like I said, for for Chael to to acknowledge it, Vanderlei to acknowledge it, and so many of these other fighters, they're like, oh yeah, man. It's like 
their definitions are going to vary based on who's fighting and how much money the they're bringing into Vegas. You make you make a six figure salary. You make paper, you know, and and, and you know, like my buddy just said, the entertainment business goes hand in hand with drugs. That's what it is. You know what the fuck the deal is. You know. Yeah. You I could. Mean, I don't know. It's just so unfortunate that, and and, and it's really unfortunate that it 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 really downplayed how great of a fight that was. Yep. Because because like, it, it, it blemished more or less forgot. Yeah, that was that was a that was an excellent fight, and he looked really good in that fight. And now it's basically nobody cares that the fight even happened, dude. No one cares. Yeah, like it's, just, <laughs> it's unfortunate. Like he, he might be the greatest fighter of all time, and now people are going to be like, "Well, he did coke." I mean, not that I think that should diminish him being the greatest fighter of all time, but or the greatest MMA fighter. Well, maybe the number two greatest MMA fighter, but it shouldn't diminish that. But for the people who already don't like him, it's going to add this other thing so they can just harp on this too. Yeah, but you know and what it is? The same could the same could be said for Bonds, the same could be said for Maguire, the same could be said for Sosa, A Rod, all these dudes. You do the shit, you get bagged, then it, it, you know, it's all a matter of the approach at this point. It's either you're punishing everybody the same or you're not punishing everybody at all. And the limitation of out of uh, out of competition uh drug use is unilateral. It's like, yo, if you're three months out from a fight and some and some weed or some coke comes in your system, then, you know, we're going to tell you, hey, you're three months out. We're going to test you in in, you know, 60 days. That shit better not be there. You know what I'm saying? That would be too simple. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That would involve logic at that point. But like I said, we could do an entire segment on this. So let me go just into into a couple of other things. Um Dillashaw is getting a, another fight with Barrow, and um, it's going down, and, and and this was crazy, a UFC 186, and Rory McDonald and Hector Lombard is your co-main. But the other thing is, Rampage is on that card fighting Fabio Maldonado, and this fight threw me for a loop. Bisping and C.B. Dalloway. What's up with C.B. Dalloway getting high little MMA fights? I don't... Exactly. <laughs> I don't understand. Isn't that the same car where uh, Johnny Hendricks is fighting? Um, uh, and I Matt Brown. Allegedly, that was what I was hearing. That should be a good card. Um, I don't understand CB Dalloway getting these high level middleweights to lose. <laughs> I don't see how he beats Big Thing. I didn't see how he could possibly beat Leota Machida. I just. Eh. I, I don't understand. Um, the Roy McDonald Hector Lombard fight, even though I have a pretty good idea uh, <laughs> how that fight's gonna go, um, it's a it's a decent good fight. Um, I just you know Hector Lombard probably gonna be stuck at the end of Roy McDonald's jab for the entire fight, but um, you know I'm I'm interested to see how the fight goes and Roy uh, and and uh, T.J. Dillashaw. I would have much rather seen Dominic Cruz, but for some reason his knees can't stay together. Yeah, well, um, I don't know what that dude, that dude's career might be a wrap, dude. I hate to say it. Yeah, and I really feel bad for him because he came back and looked amazing and yep. then tore his knee again. Like, I just, I feel bad for him. Like, like I, I know that that's got to be depressing. Like, yo, I did all, I, I waited two years, tore both my ACL in two years. Like, yep. just, uh, uh, 
kind of feel bad for him, but um, um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking the Dillashaw Hannibal Rao fight. I'm interested to see what Hannibal Rao does differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I still think he loses. I still think he loses, and I still think he loses pretty badly. Well, you want to know what's funny? We we were talking about that, and then it's like you know you you see that fight, and it's like T.J. Dillashaw, and and I was kind of like. I liked what he said a couple of I, last week. I, I touched on it where he was like, hey, man, if you guys want to get that super fight out of the way with me and Jose Aldo, I'm down. And I thought about it. And I'm like, you know what? Why the fuck not at this point? You know? I mean, you, you could do it uh, because I him mean, fighting Burrell, dude, like you said, super fight. him fighting Burrell. It's like, all right, great. Like they kind of put that fight together. And there was so, so much. There was zero enthusiasm in that fight announcement. I mean, the, the the thing with me and Superfights is, like, I kind of feel like both champions need to be really established. Like, Jose Aldo is the king of 145, period. And, like, Dillashaw is just starting. Like, two or three more um, title defenses, yeah, maybe I, I'd like to see it, even though I think he would be hurt because I, I think people don't understand how big Jose Aldo is at 145. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like he's he he barely makes 145. Like he looks like he's gonna die every time he weighs in. So, like, um, I mean, I, as far as super fights, like I would love to see like a John Jones, Cain Velasquez fight because both of them are clearly the best fighters in the division. And with Dillashaw, yeah, you have the title, but are you really that much better than Uriah Faber? Are you really that much better than you know some uh some some other 135ers? Yeah, but you so, know. You, with with and you you make a you make a, a a good argument, but you know what he did there. He realized, hey, let's get paid, let's do this fight because yeah, the Burrell fight is good, but how are you marketing that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I respected what he did because he knew he would. He's in a corner to sell this fight. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, yeah. I mean, of course you 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 ask for the fight, but I mean, if there's very little chance that you you're actually going to get it. But I mean, of course, you ask for it. Like, what what harm is there in asking for it? That's it. I'd ask for it. <laughs> well, you know, we were we were talking about the whole thing with McGregor and the MMA math, and I like that they're saying that Mendes and is going to fight Ricardo Lamas <laughs> at UFC yeah, Fight I mean, Night sixty three. It should be a good fight, even though I, I have a pretty good suspension. Lamas is probably going to get hurt. Uh, should be a good fight. Um. I would love. I would love to see Mendez, Frankie, right? Um, you and me both, Frankie. Whoever wins, yeah. Whoever wins this fight between uh, uh, McGregor and uh, and uh, hold uh, Aldo uh, should be like should fight Frankie. Like I mean, and, unless it's a really really close, you know, right fight, um, they should fight Frankie. Like Frankie deserves to have the title shot. No, I I agree with that. I mean, it's it's just interesting that that was the fight they put together, you know, based on what, on the conversation yeah. we had earlier. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and and this will kind of help help mm-hmm. us take it home. It's uh, it's it's not it's not good for well, not take it home because there's some other news. But yo, from a it, it's not a good week for MMA fighters and cops because BJ Penn got arrested. <laughs> he got arrested. He beat the hell out of his boy, broke his boy's orbital socket. Dude went to the hospital and, um, it, you know, he was arrested for assault. And and the first time a while, a couple years back, he had got arrested. And then they kind of, you know, removed that 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 arrest. 
And then the other one with Dave Herman, straight police chase. I'm like, what is wrong with this dude? He three felony charges, resisting arrest, um, it, it, just insanity. And I'm like, yo, is this just you is know this what's the crazy week? about the Dave Herman thing? His wife taped um, that, and I uh, watched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't. It didn't seem as bad as they were saying. Like, <laughs> like the cops were like, "Oh, he's resisting," and like I'm watching the video, I'm like, it doesn't seem like he really was doing what y'all said. Like y'all seem to have um, embellished a bit here. Yep, and um, he got tased because when I. When I yeah, and and when you when you see the video, like he got tased, and like he really wasn't doing anything worth being tased for. But okay, yeah. Um, but Dave Herman, that's on video. I I doubt his charges stick. It's on video, right? Like, uh, I, I'd I'd be I'd be surprised if his charges stick. With B.J. Penn, this is not the first time B.J. Penn has assaulted someone he calls his friend. <laughs> yep. Uh, B.J. Penn is. Probably not going to jail. No, Dude, he's not going to get these charges dropped. He, he's like an so honorary royalty in Hawaii. Exactly, he's like an honorary member of Hawaii Five O down there. <laughs> Dude ain't getting shit. Yeah, like so he, he ain't. It's probably nothing's probably about to happen to him. Um, but I mean, he needs to find something to do with his time outside of assaulting, <laughs> outside friends. of beating uh, his boys up and headbutting the headbutting the counter in the bar. Yeah, like I mean, he he's not fighting anymore. I don't know. BJ, I don't know what BJ Penn's gonna do with himself while he's not for the rest of his life. But it doesn't seem like he's adjusted pretty well at all. Oh, by the way, you did call it. Your boy Vanderlei is suing the Nevada State Athletic Commission. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he's suing for, but uh, his situation is a bit different. Uh, John Dalton <laughs> runs and hide from his test. That depends, dude, because they were saying he tried up. to hide under the cage, dude. I don't know how legit yeah, that is. And I, and I read that, and I was like, I doubt that. Like, I mean, the way it was, when I read it, it was like a close source to, close, a source close to John Jones. I'm like, who? Who, who is this source that's trying to cut their money supply? Clearly, like, clearly some, somebody at Jackson's Winkle John. Clearly a dude uh, that wanted to get more shine. <laughs> Yeah, like it, it's not a guy that, uh, Jackson because I highly, I I couldn't see Greg Jackson being like, like allowing John Jones to do something like that. <laughs> like, I mean, pe- people people kind of assume that Jackson's like this mild mannered dude. Like, there's a reason his fighters listen to him because he's Yoda, like, dude. <laughs> like, I, huh? He's MMA Yoda. Yeah, like I highly doubt um, Greg Jackson was like, oh, John Jones is under the cage. Well, let me pretend like I don't know he's here. I kind of highly doubt he did that. Like, and, and like I said, like a lot of this is becoming piling on. <laughs> but Vandalay suing, dude, all I said was Ben is going to crack up when he reads, when I tell him that. And I then, um, no idea what Ben is doing before. <laughs> I, I felt bad for Douglas Lima. Lima got, got the injury bug, so he's not fighting Paul Daly. Yeah, I heard about that. I was really looking forward to that fight. Oh, dude, I was counting the days because that was just going to be violent. But I'll tell you this. um, uh, Wrestling Observer Radio was saying that UFC officials are already trying to get fights lined up for Brock Lesnar if he comes back. (laughs) You know what? And I heard, and I heard, uh, uh. Uh, not Brian, uh. Brendan Schaub. Joe Rogan did the long. Brendan Schaub talking about, like, oh, you know, if Brock Lesnar comes back. I talked about that last week. Um. Brock Lesnar would just 
Troy yep. Brins. That's dude. I heard that and I talked about it on air, and everybody in the chat just started laughing because they're like, "Does that guy understand?" Because he's like, "Yo, he's over there at professional wrestling playing grab ass," and I'm like, "Oh, that's not what you want to do." Because they like, just they're just gonna I, wait I for you to get killed. Like, it's not that Brock Lesnar was a bad MMA fighter. Nope. Like, like he, he was actually really good at it. Like, Brendan Schaub is not so good at it. Like, exactly. Well, let me rephrase that. He can box. Right. He's, he can wrestle okay. But Brock Lesnar hits him, it's probably over. Or takes him down, it's probably over. Like, Brock Lesnar is not some scrub. Like I, 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 it's just weird to me, and it's not a lot of heavyweights that talk like this. But it's weird to me the heavyweights that act like Brock Lesnar, CM Punk. Two different brands of athlete. Yep. Brock Lesnar is like a once in a generation style athlete. Yep. Like, like that's two different brands of the fighter right there. Like I just, Brendan Shaw don't want that. Dude, I laughed. I laughed about it because when when it, when he said that and I was saying it on air, I'm like, you do realize that you're gonna keep putting your foot in your mouth, and they may give you that fight. Just to welcome him back, he may come in there and kill you, yep. and nobody's gonna nobody's there, gonna shed a tear. Nobody shed a tear, but but um, you know the same thing with that with you know with fights like that. I I want to know where you stand with King Mo fighting Czech Congo, which is the equivalent of Jose Aldo fighting Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not that big of a weight discrepancy, but I mean, yeah, King but Chet Congo's a massive dude. He, he he gonna fight where the money is. I have no idea how he beats Chet Congo. Seriously, um, maybe he can take him down um, repeatedly. That's the only way he's beating Chet Congo because Chet Congo, I think, is like five or six inches taller than him. Like that <laughs> weight difference, like, dude. Chet Congo's a massive human being. I mean, people people shit on yeah. the dude, you know. Cause he's just he's just a French guy, <laughs> you know. They shit on him just because he's French, but he's like, yo, he's a like massive human. Yeah, he's missed a, he's missed a <laughs> knee in the nuts. Don't get me wrong, but dude, he's a massive human being. Yeah, I mean, eh, I, I'd, I'd watch it. Uh, I'm going to watch it. Um, I don't know how the fight's going to look, but unless, like I said, unless King Mo can take him down repeatedly and hold him there. It's not gonna go well for him. Yeah, I, I saw that fight and I said, I'm looking. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like Mo fights at 205. Czech Congo cuts down to 265. Like, are you even even just 205 to 265 is a 60 pound difference? Not even talking about after you hydrate. Like King yeah, Mo's gonna like, lose that uh... explosiveness that he's got if he tries to go up to heavyweight like that. I hope he just like just goes in like whatever weight he goes uh is before he cuts weight because like like you said, like if he's like, Oh, like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut some uh I'm gonna blow up two sixty five, like don't that would be terrible. Yep. Would be that would, that would be terrible for you. Yep, it would be bad. But I I'll tell you what, the che- Bellator's trying to put these fights together for the buzz, but I I'll tell you what, they tried to go and bag um Crocop and the UFC was having none of that. Crocop is back in the UFC. Is this is his third run now? I I saw that and I was like, why? Like, but you know what it is? They're also, scooping they, everybody. They need Rampage, Crocop. They're trying to do something with Cyborg. Here's my thing with Crocop though. Here's my thing with Crocop though. They need to drug test him. Like, like his. 
I don't know if you saw his New Year Eve New Year's Eve fight. Yep, um, I did. Satoshi Ishii. Um, he looked huge. Yep. He looked like he was carved out of granite with like an old man's head on his body. <laughs> they need to drug like I'll be drug testing him as soon as he gets off the plane. Like <laughs> go ahead and pee in the stuff. Like because um, yeah, he's probably on steroids. Not even probably. He is on steroids, and he needs to get off of it if he wants to He better get off of it unless you know, unless the commission decides to test him for for horny goat weed, <laughs> or 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 you know some other or andro or some shit. Oh, we're not supposed to test you for this, but you know we'll test you for horny goat weed, or oh oh you have Viagra in your system, you can't fight. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. You got some extends in the system. You can't fight, but yep. like it just—I don't know, man. Like, yeah, he—I'm—I don't know who he's gonna fight. I—I uh, I guess it should be interesting, um, but but like I don't know. He—he's old. He's too old for this at this point, man. I don't know, dude. I, I'll say this, and, and and we'll close it out with that. I would have liked to have seen Crow Cop and Vanderlei one time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would have loved to have seen it someday, but it sucks that Vandalay is now the crazy old guy um, who is just goes around yelling weird things and showing <laughs> people for no reason. Uh, but I mean, it's it sucks that that's what he's become. But I would have I would have watched it, dude. Uh, I- they did fight before, didn't they? Yeah, they fought in Pride, dude. But I would have taken I would have taken those yeah. fights. I would have you know even now like. With Rampage there, like don't get me wrong, they're giving Rampage uh the, this fight, you know, in a couple months, and it's like Rampage and Crow Cop would have could have been a co-main easy. They might still do it. I mean, I, I doubt that Rampage will have any problem fighting Crow Cop, and I honestly think Rampage would probably beat up Crow Cop. <laughs> like, I mean, Crow Cop is just an older dude, like at this point, like he, I mean, at, you know, see, like, what was it, 78, he decided, like, you know what, I'm I'm probably too old for this shit. Like, yeah, last time he fought was in 2011 when he lost to Roy Nelson. But, you know, after he left, he went 3-1, and one, so it's like, you know. Yeah. But, Knowing I them, mean, they'll make him fight Roy Nelson. He'll, he'll fight Roy Nelson when he comes back. Probably. <laughs> oh, man, that would, that would end so poorly for him. That, well, that's the, uh, the, you know, if he wants to avenge that loss, that'd be a good way to come back. Oh yeah! Oh wow! John Jones is posting videos of him training in the gym already. Oh, okay. look at that! Uh, <laughs> it's amazing what one day of rehab will do. <laughs> yeah, I just scrolled to my Instagram uh, and noticed like, oh, he's, he's in the gym. There you go. Right now, apparently, or two hours ago. I mean, like I said, if he never tests positive again, I really don't <laughs> care. But if he does, like he. He needs help. Like if he if he ever pops for it again, he he really needs help. But like I said, like if he and I would be shocked if he ever tests positive again. Like I'm, I'm not saying he ain't doing it. I'd be shocked if he ever slips up and tests positive again. Dude, I I'll tell you this, and and this is how we'll close out the seven May segment. If he tests positive again, Dana White's gonna burn that test. <laughs> I'm telling you right like, now. Like we will never hear about that. He test. will like that <laughs> test will be that test will be burned and buried in the desert. Shit, it'll, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. 
Never. Ever, ever. Like, ever. what? He's he a positive for what? <laughs> He'll be like, yo, 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 let me get yeah, that. Let me get that. Oh, fire that guy. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Never again. <laughs> well, there, well, there you have it. With, with that, we actually um wrapped up all the MMA for this week. Um, Like I said, we got Gustafson, Rumble, this weekend. Hype for that. Yeah. And um, it's going to be a great fight. I think it's going to be an amazing card. And then, of course, Anderson Silva, Nick Diaz, right? Super Bowl weekend mm-hmm. to close things out. So it's definitely a, a great month for MMA. Um, you know, a couple of other organizations are putting on some good fights. Uh, you know, I watched the uh, the kick fight, the kickboxing fight last week. Saw Pat Barry fight. Little a little heartbroken that he won, just because you could see that he just wasn't he wasn't feeling that performance. But the card itself was solid. The legacy legacy kickboxing card. Yeah, I saw that too. It was it was good. I I think Pat Barry should probably hang it up and just become a striking coach. I, I just think his athletic prime is. It looks like it's done. There you have it. Plus, he could probably really, really manage Rose's career at this point because I think she's a star in the making. Yeah, I, I think she's going to be real good at this with Strawweight, yeah. So there you have it. Uh, just a quick reminder, make sure to check out Ben's podcast, Black is the New Black. Uh, we'll make sure to get links for that in the show notes. You can follow Ben on Twitter at Blackout89. Anything else you wanted to add? Nah, that's it, man. Oh man, it was a it was a blast shooting the shit with you, man. I was glad to have you back in there, and I I appreciate you calling in. No problem. I try to get, I try to get on more often. It's been a little hectic. It's all good, brother. It's all good. I appreciate it. All right, all right, brother. Peace. All right, peace. There you have it, ladies and gents. You can follow Ben, like I said, on Twitter at Blackout eighty nine, and look for his podcast. Black is the new black. We'll make sure to put links in the show notes for that. All right, we had a, a a crazy MMA segment. I knew it was going to be um, lengthy, and I knew it was going to be chock full of debate and discussion, and I'm glad we were able to get that stuff out there because some of the stuff we, we addressed, you know, some people just are, they're in agreement, and I know I'm going to probably get tweets and stuff with, after the show's over, people disagreeing, and that's great. That's what, that's what we want. That's, that's what this is all about, you know, conversation, conflict. You know, we definitely want to hear that stuff. So, with that said, let's get into the week's wrestling. We got a lot of stuff to discuss. We got the Raw um, the Raw reunion, which for a go-home show for a pay-per-view was surprisingly decent. And I got a couple of uh, things I want to address there. So let's get that ball rolling and cover some wrestling, shall we? And I know there's one guy who definitely wants you to be here for that, and that is Booker T. Take it away. We want the gold, sucker! Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga! As always, My Take Radio's wrestling segment is brought to you by WWEShop.com. Use our promo code WWESAVE10 to save $10 on orders over $70 or more. Again, that promo code is WWESAVE10. All right, let's get the ball rolling with this past Monday's Raw, which was uh, the go-home show for the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, which is this Sunday. Of course, a lot of old-timers were making appearances. We were getting the... um, the inevitable uh, Brock Lesnar 
confrontation with Seth Rollins and John Cena. And of course, some of the other matches were finally starting to take shape. Um, the opening, I'll start with the opening segment, which I felt once again, Paul Heyman really brings that segment together. But the problem was that that segment went from a really, really hard sell to juvenile name calling. And of course, the, the funny thing about it was that the authority came out, you know, they're doing the hard sell and it was essentially a segment where you took three guys to build up a match for John Cena at the end of the night. This this is my issue with the authority and, and what I've addressed before. Them constantly opening the show and, and dragging on a segment for 20 minutes, you're either going to flip back and forth or you're just going to zone out because it's become something that's pretty much the norm for every broadcast. Again, this is the pay-per-view. This is the raw leading up to the pay-per-view. I, I, you know, it should be expected, but I just felt that the chemistry between Rollins, Lesnar, and John Cena was perfect without the addition of the authority. On the contrary, Paul Heyman did a great job as as playing the the guy trying to keep Brock Lesnar from going crazy and killing everyone. And I think that spoke volumes of the character development that Paul Heyman brings to the table. People don't understand that while Paul Heyman is indeed the mouthpiece for Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman also is pretty much the glue that holds the mystique of Brock Lesnar together. And the reason I say that is because Brock Lesnar, his mic work, we all know it leaves a lot to be desired. It's not that great, but it's good enough that people take notice. But when you factor in a guy like Paul Heyman, who does the talking 80% of the time, think about it. Paul Heyman comes out. He's getting ready to deliver his typical Paul Heyman style promo. When Brock Lesnar takes the mic from Paul Heyman and pushes him to the side, people take interest because they make the value of Brock Lesnar's promos mean something. And this goes to what I've said about Roman Reigns and his terrible, god-awful shitbag promos that they write for him. That guy definitely needs a Paul Heyman guy. He needs to be a Paul Heyman guy or he needs a manager that's good enough to help him become a better talker. Dolph Ziggler benefited from Vicky Guerrero being the heat magnet that she was because it allowed him to focus on delivering spectacular matches and slowly but surely building himself up as a solid talker. Roman Reigns is in that same camp. See, in Brock Lesnar's case, Paul Heyman handles that with white gloves and he makes it mean something. The mystique, the presentation, it's all part of the bigger package. Again, Many of us may not be happy with a guy who's on TV at, you know, once every couple of months as the champion. But I will say this, when he's there, the interest and the gravity of what's going on surrounding him takes a turn for, for the interesting. Because think about it, you have this guy, this force, this monster, this beast, and then you have the golden boy of the company in John Cena, and then you have the guy who claims to be the future of this business. It's It's an interesting dynamic because you have... You know, the guy who's the, the most dominant, the, the most dominant superstar, quote unquote, that they have. And then you have the guy who pretty much runs the show and you have this young upstart who's there to upset everything. And that alone tells a great story. The authority in that respect is should be a non-factor. But considering how Raw ended, which I'll get into shortly, I understand at that point why it was necessary to involve them. But Heyman, Lesnar, Rollins, and Cena could have done that segment, and it would have worked a thousand times better than forcing the authority in there. I'm just saying. So, 
First match of the night was Daniel Bryan back on Raw wrestling Bray Wyatt. Of course, these guys, they got a, 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 a lot of history. Um, you know, when Daniel Bryan, uh, Daniel Bryan joined the Wyatt family briefly and, um, you know, turned on Bray Wyatt, that was a big turning point for both for both superstars in that feud. And um, doing this feud was was good because I mean doing this match was good because of course you you know Kane was going to interfere and be a factor in that match but the beauty of it was that you can see that Bray Wyatt continues to improve and with the right opponents he really delivers uh special matches I mean that match with him and Daniel Bryan a guy that's coming in you know coming off an injury and he's riding this wave of momentum you'd expect that the match wouldn't have gone as long as it did but it was surprisingly solid a really good outing for Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt himself looked looked really comfortable in there. I mean, if the rumors are to be believed that Bray Wyatt is being groomed for a match with The Undertaker, it's matches like this with Daniel Bryan that are going to really help, you know, just bring it bring it full circle and prepare Wyatt to to carry the dead man in a match because let's be honest, The Undertaker is not carrying anybody in a match at this point given his injuries and his age. But grooming a guy like Bray Wyatt to to be the guy to take on the Phenom, there's there's an interesting story that can be told there. But again, that's all rumor and speculation, but it's something that we will definitely be watching closely. Now, our first our first um raw old school segment was um with the NWO and they were backstage, well, the outsiders, um, with Triple H, and it was a really, really great segment. And then um, we got Damian Mizdow in there uh, impersonating X-Pac. And that was probably the best two minutes out of that entire segment. Because, and, and I spoke about this off air with a good friend of mine. You can see the energy amongst those guys due to their friendship. And people don't understand that Triple H, you know, DX, the, the uh, you know, all that stuff. Those guys, when he works with them, you can see that there's such a, a genuine, there's genuine, you know, they're having fun out there. Like when they were clowning Triple H, when Shawn Michaels was clowning Triple H about the suit and, you know, Shawn Michaels, you know, Triple H clowned Shawn Michaels about the hunting and vice versa. There was really a lot of, you can see it. There was just a, a real good energy there. And, you know, people automatically take to Twitter and, and complain about, all oh, these fucking old guys, blah, 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 you know, taking advantage of them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And on the contrary, in the right circumstances, having the veterans there really adds something special to the product. Um, there's no greater example of that than later on in the evening in the segment with the Ascension, which I'll get into. But, you know, that segment with Triple H, like I said, I bitch about Triple H and his 20 minute promos. But in instances like that, where he's genuinely having fun out there, it just works, and you can feel that energy in, in just the exchanges on screen, and I really like that. I know people are just like, ah, oh, fucking old-ass Scott Hall and old-ass, uh, you know, old-ass X-Pac and, you know, Kevin Nash, who's, who looks like he's carved out of granite for, for a guy who's, you know, pretty old now. It, it's just, it was good, man. It was a really feel-good moment. I liked it, and... um the you know right after that we segued into the legends panel with Hogan Flair and HBK which which was okay and as soon as i heard that this panel was going to happen i said who's going to be the driving force for this segment that's going to come out and interrupt or derail the segment and of course it was the big show not shocked which um brought out Roman Reigns 
the the funny thing about it was just Ric Flair being being a lunatic and trying to attack the Big Show, getting knocked out for his troubles. And of course, we have to make Roman Reigns look strong going in, which um, you know, it, it, it's it's okay. But like I've said before, Roman Reigns is not the main event guy that I feel the company needs right now. There's you know, if if anything, you can pour your stock in Seth Rollins, you can pour your stock in Bray Wyatt. If Bray Wyatt was champion or a main eventer, it wouldn't be so bad because, again, the guy has the mystique, he has the aura, he has the screen presence, and above all, he has the entertainment value. So, you know, Reigns, they're trying, they want, and and I've said this before, you're trying to capture lightning in a bottle. Just because the guy's Samoan and good-looking and, you know, he he connects with the fans— you're in essence turning him into a modern-day Rocky Maivia where you push him so hard that the crowd turns on him. It's going to happen. On the, what, what, what a guy like Roman Reigns needs is moderation, more acting, you know, definitely more acting coaches, more speech coaches, and then, like I said, a mouthpiece. But for now, keep him the fuck away from the main event. Unfortunately, it's not up to me, but that's kind of where I stand with regards to that. Dean Ambrose squared off against Bad News Barrett. Of course, this this match, the, the thing I liked about this match is that the, the, the there was chemistry there. A, a feud between Bad News Barrett and Dean Ambrose, just a, a real, you know, bruiser-style feud would benefit both of these guys. I kind of feel that ever since Bad News Barrett came back and he won the belt, he's kind of been treading water but I do feel that a feud with a guy like Dean Ambrose would be good for both guys. I, I think we would get really good matches because, again, Wade Barrett, Dean Ambrose, Cesaro, these are all guys that they have a tremendous upside, but they're treading water because they're kind of just circling the orbit of you know John Cena, Brock Lesnar, and the authority at this point, which is unfortunate. But hopefully in the new year, we can see them do something meaningful with both of those guys. Now... A New Day squared off against Kid and Cesaro, and again, the New Day gimmick is just—it just is a, is abysmal. It, there's so much there's so much wrong with that gimmick, and it's and it's crazy to me because you have three incredibly talented guys that each have unique attributes that make them guys that should be further ahead than they are. Xavier Woods is athletic and a good talker. Kofi Kingston is incredibly athletic, and the kids love him. Big E Langston is not only solid on the mic has incredible presence, but is also a very agile big guy. And and again, these guys, you group them together, you know, just because they're happy-go-lucky, that's pretty much essentially their gimmick. It, you know, it, it's messed up to say, but it's like, it, it, it's like wrestling preachers at this point. And that's not, I, I don't think, and again, we've talked about this, you know, the stereotypes, we don't need it. You don't need the shucking and jiving you don't need the, the the gospel overtones. Why can't they just be guys that are going out there and competing week in and week out? You know, uh, and I've talked about a ranking system. A ranking system would benefit guys like this because there's certain attributes that they have that could be marketed better if they were if they had better writing at their disposal. Unfortunately, they don't. The tag team of Kid and Cesaro has um has a great upside. I li- I like Cesaro and Kid. Um, I think together they have a power and glory vibe, which really works. I, I like what they're doing. They really got unique offense, and you can see that Cesaro's working hard to make the tag team work. 
uh, Tyson Kidd is as well. And I think that those are two guys that if you if you give them some time and you let them get a couple of wins under their belt, they can be a force to be reckoned with in the tag team division. Cesaro, like I said, you know, the power and glory, the speed and the strength, it works. It works for those guys. With the New Day, same thing. You got the speed, you got, you know, you got the athleticism, but you just don't have the gimmick, which is which is sad, you know? It's really sad. And then, like I said, the involve and I said this last week, the involvement of Adam Rose strictly for the sake of creating the six-man tag match, which is exactly what's happening at the Rumble. That's all it is. The Adam Rose gimmick at this point is just, it really is a gimmick that should be put to pasture, and maybe Adam Rose is in need of, of a repackaging, because his character, it came, you know, it came through, everybody liked the gimmick for a couple of weeks, and then the more you watched the gimmick and the more it played out, the more you hated the gimmick. Same thing with the with the rabbit. You know, the rabbit came out with him and it was kind of cool for a little bit and kids were really digging it, but there was no payoff. Originally, the rabbit was supposed to be da- uh, Darren Young and it was supposed to lead to the program with Titus O'Neil and it just it just fell apart. Now it's just it's really just a terrible comedy act and a way for indie wrestlers to get a paycheck to come out there and be a rosebud once a week. It, it's really unfortunate, you know. He, those guys, I would take the New Day, I would take Adam Rose, and I'd start repackaging those guys in ways that that really capitalize on their strengths. Like I said, when Adam Rose was wrestling in NXT as Leo Kruger, there was there was an energy, there was a a hostility, an anger in the character that really worked. You know, you had this guy, this bounty hunter, this this crazy dude that came out, and you know he just come out and and, and you know the the really weird just African safari cargo pants ready to, to just eviscerate whoever was in the ring. And, and it was great. It was great for his character. He had a really good look for it. You know, him coming out there at this point playing, you know, wrestling Russell Brand, it's it's not doing his character any favors. And like I said, the whole bunny thing at this point, it's lost its luster as well. But since you're trying to fill a Royal Rumble pay-per-view with matches, you might as well do something with him while he's there. So the New Day is going to be squaring off against Kid Cesaro and Adam Rose, I believe, in the pre-show for the Royal Rumble. So if you're looking forward to seeing that match, which is probably going to be the same match we've seen the last couple of weeks, then you know you'll be seeing it Sunday. All right, so the NWO came out, and um, they, cut a, they cut a nice promo. Like I said, very nostalgic. We got our patented Scott Hall AO. And... Um, you know they were they were cutting a really good promo and they were interrupted by the ascension now the ascension we we've talked about just what they've done with them that is just it's just been terrible everything about them has been terrible the writing that having them shit on legendary tag teams was terrible and they followed they followed the same mantra this week just shitting on on the NWO etc cetera, etc cetera. and the funny thing was it actually led to uh, Bradshaw, you know, JBL cutting a promo. And as soon as he got up, I'm like, yo, why does JBL have dad jeans on? And, um, he came out, he cut a really, really good promo. He said, I need some help. Uh, Ron Simmons comes out, APA regalia. Uh, JBL had an APA shirt underneath. Um, the new age outlaws came out again, very nostalgic, very cool. For that, for that exact instance, for one night only, it was good. You know, I felt like I was, you know, it was the 90s and I was watching Raw uh, at, at 9.30 
before it went into the war zone. And, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, a lot of people, like I said, they were they were very they, they, they looked at it very poorly. But I really liked the setup. The setup was good. Of course, this is leading to the match with the Ascension and the New Age Outlaws, which uh, it's 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 a recipe for disaster. But I just felt that involving all those legends and using it in in that minds, you know, in that sort of a, a of an environment was good for them because the crowd was really into it, and it was it was good for the Ascension. The problem is with the Ascension that the gimmick that they're that they're in is just terrible. I would have actually liked, but aside from Bradshaw and um. Ron Simmons, I would have liked for Booker T to get up since, you know, since they, since they were there and, and for him to just be like, you know, that you guys aren't the only guys that, you know, have issue with the, with, with the way these guys have been talking and Booker T and Stevie Ray, a Harlem heat reunion on that show would have been really cool to see. And, um, the crowd would have got into it, but, but again, selective memory, you're just acknowledging everything that the WWE brought to the table, but not for nothing. When you talk about tag teams in WCW, you got to talk about Harlem Heat. You got to talk about the Steiners uh, again. You know, Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. You got to talk about staying in Lex Luger. There's so many teams you could talk about, and the fact that you couldn't leverage the Booker T and Stevie Ray would is is just insane. You know, I would have loved to have seen Booker T and Stevie Ray go in there. You know, uh, Booker T with the axe kick really you know hit the harlem heat music people would have been into that they would have liked it and and again it would have really brought that nostalgia full circle like i said the apa was nice you know seeing them in there was great i really liked that the nwo was good but it it would have been it would have been cool to do that because like i said booker t wasn't just king booker and he wasn't just the guy who fought stone cold in a supermarket he was a WCW champion. He was part of one of the, the legendary tag teams, not to mention the fact that he's also the guy that cut one of the most memorable promos ever on Hulk Hogan, which obviously we use for our wrestling segment each week. But, you know, they were in Texas, and it would have been, it would have been cool to see. But overall, I enjoyed the segment. I got a good laugh. And um, again, for a Raw reunion show, an old school show, it worked. I had zero problem with it. Now... We switch gears to Paige and Natalia taking on Alicia Fox and Summer Rae. Uh, obviously, at first glance, you want to get up and you and go to the bathroom because you know this match is going to be terrible. But again, the biggest problem with this match is the fact that you're using it for angle advancement for Total Divas. And this is what, what has been a big blemish on the Divas division because you got all these ladies in there. They're incredibly talented. And all you're doing is using your, your live flagship show to be... Uh, you know, just ancillary programming for the sake of a show on E, which is foolish because people are tuning into Total Divas to watch the drama that unfolds behind the scenes. The matches shouldn't mean anything. So, you know, at that point, you should just put the focus where it belongs, which is on the Divas title. Is that the case? Are they doing that right? Absolutely not. Not the case here. And it's unfortunate because, you know, Paige isn't a terrible wrestler. Natalia, we know, is definitely not terrible. And Summer Rae, eh, you know, for what it is, she's passable out there. And Alicia Fox is a pretty good hand in some of these matches. But using it, like I said, as angle advancer for a reality show is a step in the wrong direction. That's where I stand with it. And, um, you know, the fact that you're using that to set up a tag team match. I mean, partially that tag team match is being set up as, um, you know, due to, 
Nikki Bella's leg injury, but the fact that your 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 title isn't even your women's title isn't being defended at a pay per view is just you know it's it's stupid too. I mean, you could have done the Freebirds rule with uh, the Bella twins where uh, Nikki's hurt, Bree's gonna defend the title in her place or something like that, and it would have at least been interesting, a, a different dynamic. And again, old school. All belts should be defended at pay-per-views, period. I stand by it. It's, it's, it's a belief I've had since I was a kid because those are the payoffs. Those are the big money matches. That's, that's where they should be. Every belt should be defended at every pay-per-view. And even if you're doing the matches before the Royal Rumble itself, you go out there in the old days, the guys would have their matches, defend their belts, and they would still participate in the Rumble because that's what it was. Nowadays, it's like the belts are an afterthought and they're just merely accessories, which at this point, it's like, why bother having two ancillary titles, meaning the IC and the US title, if you're not doing shit with them? It's, it's, it's frustrating for me as a fan. And, you know, I came into this episode of Raw, I said, you know what, I'm going to try and watch it as a fan, try and not be too critical, too analytical, so I can just enjoy it. And... I, I I did that about halfway through the show. Just I tried to enjoy it for what it was. Just a you know some really decent segments, some passable wrestling, and and a lot of blemishes. But again, you know the 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 necessity to be analytical, the necessity to work while watching it, um, definitely becomes a, a deciding factor. Which is what happened as the night progressed. I mean, Rusev, there was no necessity for you to have our truth get squashed on his birthday by Rusev. Nothing was accomplished, and it was, you know, it was, it was just stupid. It was a waste of time. Um, the one thing I will say that right after that, there was a segment backstage with Rollins and Brock Lesnar, and again, Brock Lesnar showed really good signs of just solid promo work. I mean, whoever wrote the promo for his exchange with Seth Rollins was 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 spot on. You know, Brock Lesnar was like, "Yo, I'm a prize fighter, and you know, I hope that C- that you do take out Cena tonight." Cause I'm going to take you out Sunday. And, um, it was good. There was good intensity there, good chemistry. And, and again, Brock Lesnar, if he was a full time performer and was there all the time, he'd have some great chemistry with a lot of those guys. Slick says there are rumors of a new draft with SmackDown on its new night. If they do that, we definitely need more belts. I can, I can, I can agree with that. Uh, Slick adds that the Lesnar scene was a high school hallway meet. He was like, I'm going to fuck you up when the bell rings. Uh, you know, the, the thing was that even though, you know, S- Slick's analogy is interesting because sometimes it's, it's the less is more approach that works wonders. Like they're backstage, you know, you're going to run into Brock Lesnar backstage, you know this. So having them, th- them meet and the exchange be the way it was, I liked I liked that because you know what it was it wasn't the 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 overabundance of the crowd and and the John Cena and the authority it was just the future and the present exchanging exchanging words backstage and and that to me was simplicity at its best but effective in its execution that's all I'm saying of course we get the Miz and Jey Uso because at this point who gives a shit and then, of course, the main event of the evening, which was John Cena taking on the big show, Kane and Seth Rollins, uh, with the stipulation that if Cena wins, um, you know, Ryback, Rowan, and Dolph Ziggler would be hired. If John Cena loses, he would give up his title opportunity. Of course, this was all done 
courtesy of the WWE app. And I'll admit that the setup was good and it was good strictly from the match being as good as it was and the the debut of Sting on Raw. There was really some awesome stuff. Uh, that entire exchange leading up to it, the, the usage of Sting in that environment was great because, again, Sting is an attraction. He's not a guy that you're going to have wrestle every week. He's not a guy that's going to go out there. He's the guy that comes out there and he just all of a sudden becomes an equalizer in an inadvertent way. And it worked, you know, he came out, you know, he got everybody's attention. Cena gets the pin and the guys get hired. And it was good because, you know, you you obviously see that they're going to build up C, uh, Sting versus Triple H for Mania. And yes, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see Sting and The Undertaker. But you have two old guys that are out there that that it's just not going to do the match any. It's not going to do the, They're not going to be able to do the match any justice. Meanwhile... Triple H, love or hate the guy, he's still in great shape. He can still have solid matches with the bulk of the roster, and I think he's he'd, he'd be a great a great individual to carry Sting in a match. Don't get me wrong, the fanboy in me, the '90s wrestling fan, the hardcore flipping between WCW and Raw, would love to see Sting and the Undertaker. Who wouldn't? But I also have to respect the fact that it, these guys would tarnish their legacies by going out there and having a match that consisted of punching and kicking and rest holds for 20 minutes. With Triple H, yes, it's not the match we want, but I think it's the match that would be beneficial to both guys because Triple H is going to turn it up to another level and he's going to help Sting just have a great outing on, you know, in front of a WWE audience. Neither guy is going to want to tank that match and and hurt the other guy. So I think that... For as much as we'd, I'd love to see it, like I said, the inner kid in me would love to see Sting and Taker. I respect the logic that's being applied by putting Sting with Triple H. Whether that truly pans out or not, I mean, that's where we're leading, but anything can change after the Rumble. Simple as that. Slick writes, uh, WWE needs to figure out what they want to do with Cena. If he wins on Sunday, even if Rollins cashes in and wins, Cena has accomplished the last thing he needs to accomplish. This is true. But I can tell you right now, and, and you know, this will, this will be my prediction. I see Brock Lesnar retaining. I see Brock Lesnar retaining, and I see Rollins' is, is, is attempted cash-in being interrupted by Randy Orton. I see it happening. I see Orton coming in, preventing Rollins from cashing, cashing in on Lesnar, and Lesnar retains, and we go on towards WrestleMania. Again, that's that's my prediction thus far. Whether it's true or not remains to be seen. But I I already have a, you know and and people have been talking about it at length. Cena is going to probably be be uh, facing Rusev at WrestleMania again. Take that with a grain of salt. But that's what all signs are pointing to. I don't know how believable it is, but we'll see what happens. I personally would like. I would like to see Daniel Bryan win the Rumble. I would. Because I just feel that it would just be a great way to close out another great story for WWE's favorite underdog. Overcoming injuries, overcoming the odds, winning the Rumble, defeating the Beast, who is the one behind the one in 21-1, and is just... And not only that, but I also feel that the match itself would deliver because both guys are great mat technicians. 
Brock Lesnar's amateur wrestling background, nobody likes to talk about it, but he, you know, his collegiate background is tremendous. And I think that that compound, you know, compounded with his MMA background would work really well in a match against Daniel Bryan. And again, the David versus Goliath atmosphere would truly, truly sell that match. It really would. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, I'm sorry to say it, nobody gives a shit. Because there's zero, there's zero story to be told. Everybody knows Brock Lesnar is going to do the job to put over whoever it is because either he's going to renew or he's not. And if he's not, I'd rather he put over Daniel Bryan who can continue to wave the banner as being the face of the company instead of, you know, dropping the belt to Reigns who at this point is pretty much being forced down everyone's throats. That's, that's kind of where I stand with it. Slick says, I think that Brian will lose tomorrow and get kicked out of the Rumble because Brian versus Lesnar is a recipe of de- for destruction of Brian permanently. I, I have to disagree. Like I said, I think, I think that the underdog story and the culmination of another great WrestleMania moment for, like I said, WWE's favorite underdog is a no-brainer at this point. Plus, like I said, the guy's been off TV for how long and he still controls the crowd. He still moves the crowd when he comes out. And, and that's huge. It speaks dividends. Like I said, nobody wants to see John Cena challenging for the belt once again. No one. No one wants to see that. No one. Slick adds, normally I would agree, but Lesnar hurts people for real. He does, but you also got to remember that it's different when you're getting in there with a guy who shares a similar, a similar background with you. And the reason I say this is, you know, Daniel Bryan, he, he practices his fair share of MMA. He does submission wrestling. He does, you know, he has good uh, ground ground technique. I think it would definitely work. Um, like I said, the guy, he's overcome the odds, and I think it would just be a fitting reward to, to close out his story. And, I mean, if you did want to close it out and maybe have Seth Rollins play the role of spoiler and cash in on Daniel Bryan at that moment, and win the belt. I don't have a problem with that either. Um, I th- I think it would work. Slick says to me, so you have confidence that Lesnar can control his moves properly and not fuck up Daniel Bryan's neck? Yes. Yes, I do. Because you got to remember, these guys, before the matches are executed, they sit down and they, and they strategize the matches. They strategize them. And, and again, Brock Lesnar, sometimes he works stiff because it's a necessary evil for him to work stiff. It, it, it needs to be that. This isn't Daniel Bryan's first rodeo. Um, you know, for, for the, Daniel Bryan is one of the guys that he, he, he did strong style, especially in Ring of Honor. I mean, you watch a lot of his Ring of Honor matches, his matches with Samoa Joe, his matches with CM Punk. There was definitely a lot of strong style there. And Brock Lesnar, he's a professional. This is this is the other thing, too. Like, yeah, Brock Lesnar's this big, hulking monster, but Brock Lesnar's still a businessman, and he knows that if he's got to drop the title, you know, if he's not re-signing with the, with the, with the WWE, he's going to drop the title, and he's going to be a professional on the way out because he knows that if he goes back to the UFC, and maybe it works or maybe it doesn't, but, um, you know, he's going to definitely leave that door opened. Slick adds, I'm just concerned with Brian being in the ring for five or ten years more at least. You know what the thing is? I agree with you, Slick, but I also I also got to say that 
Neck injuries are neck injuries. And while Daniel Bryan is fine now, I definitely feel that maybe five years is a stretch. It's a stretch because all these guys that came back from neck injuries, they all said, oh, I got a couple more years here or there. And a lot of those guys just aren't wrestling. Edge is a great example. And, and you know, that that's how it goes. Like neck injuries are, are something that are incredibly, incredibly fickle. You know, you look at guys like Kurt Angle. You look at guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Excuse me. You look at guys like Edge. You'll see that, you know, Stone Cold may have one more match in him. But even if he does that one match, he's going to do it against he's going to do it against the guy that he trusts in there. And I think Brock Lesnar for for as big of a brute as he is, he he respects this business enough that he will do the right thing. And like I said, Daniel Bryan's a a veteran. He's a, you know, wrestled in Japan, wrestled in Ring of Honor. He knows how to how to sell it. He knows how to make it work, and I think that would be the match that me personally as a fan, I would like to see. All right, let me um go into the other wrestling news for the week, uh, just because we uh we got to kind of sprint to the finish. Um, I gotta say, I saw New Japan show on Access TV. I think that New Japan has a great product. If you have never seen Japanese puro or or a Japanese wrestling product, please do yourselves a favor if you have Access TV and check it out. They give it every Friday. They got a re- a lot of really good matches lined up for you guys and like i said you're gonna see uh you know factions like the bullet club there's a, they're actually gonna have some matches with with finn balor who of course was prince devitt in J- in japan that i definitely recommend you check out uh you know the match with tanahashi and prince devitt i think they're gonna be giving that in february um you know there's a match with um and i and i this match in particular they're supposed to be giving it on february 13th it's Okada taking on Prince Devitt and then Tanahashi Makabe Jushin Liger and um, Captain New Japan taking on Carl Anderson, El Terrible, Tama Tonga, and uh, Bad Luck Fale, which is going to be a tremendous match. Again, if you have Access TV and you want to see something a little different, uh, do yourselves a favor. Check out New Japan Pro Wrestling's uh, weekly series. It's a, I believe it's a 13-episode run. And there's going to be a lot of great matches. I cannot recommend it enough. Seriously, give it a shot. Slick says, I don't see Daniel Bryan catching 16 German suplexes. Probably not. I can definitely say that he is not going to be eating 16 German suplexes. That I can say. All right. So I do I do want to acknowledge the um, the Heath Slater incident. If you guys remember, Heath Slater was dealing with some issues with a security guard and um, WWE took him off the road so he can get those uh, addressed. And what ended up happening is that they're actually um, all criminal charges against Heath Slater were dropped due to the statute of limitations um, with regards to the complaint. Uh, The complaint did occur during the weekend of WrestleMania 27, but the, uh, the lady did not file the complaint uh, till last year. So the statute of limitations um, allowed the charges to be dismissed. Uh, with that, I'm sure that we will be seeing Heath Slater back on TV sooner rather than later. Now, the next bit of news involves a superstar I haven't talked about in quite some time, and that's just because when you hear his name nine times out of ten, it's him speaking poorly of the WWE and just wrestling in general, and that is one 
Bill Goldberg. But uh, Goldberg recently had an interview with the Miami Herald, which was incredibly interesting because um, he was asked if he'd consider going back to WWE, and he said that he was he would seriously consider one last match in the WWE. And, you know, I think about that, and I always feel that Goldberg is one of those guys that came out of WCW, had incredible fanfare, was a, a, a factor in the Monday Night Wars, came to the WWE, was handled poorly on the way in to the point where it was just, you know, his career was sullied. But um, I think Goldberg still, he still has a mystique and an enigma, you know, not on par with Brock Lesnar, but still Goldberg is still um, a guy who who was at the top of the food chain in WCW. And he said, um, you know, he's about to be 48 and he would definitely like the opportunity to have one more match. You know, he'd like to, ha- he'd like to have his children see him wrestle. And um, he actually said that he wouldn't, he'd love to have a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin, which is kind of cool. I-, I will say this. If, if there were talk of, of hall of famers uh, of a hall of fame class, I would definitely put Goldberg in that list and also allow him to have one last match because I think it would be a fitting send-off for a guy who was, you know, the WCW equivalent uh, of the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin at the time. This is a guy that carried the company, you know, on it on his shoulders. This is, you know, the streak and going out there. This is a guy that people just he was intense, he was unique for for his character at the time and I I do feel that it would be it would be in the WWE's best interest to allow the guy to have one more match. Like I said, I think I think Goldberg, um, he still can connect with the fans, and I think the fans watching him wrestle would it would it would be nice. You know, I would definitely I wouldn't mind I would definitely not mind seeing it. Of course, the the easy thing to say is Goldberg versus Ryback, but as much as I like Ryback, I think that Goldberg deserves a bigger match whether it's a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin or a match with John Cena or maybe a better uh, a second go around with Triple H at the end of the day I feel that Goldberg still has a legacy that needs to be that needs to be acknowledged and uh, allowing him to wrestle one more time maybe giving him the Hall of Fame nod I think it would be cool to see so we'll see what happens of course once I hear more if he does any other interviews I will definitely share it with you guys all right, so, um, and and this was not a shocker to anyone. Um, Lucha Underground put out a press release announcing that they had signed um, Alberto Del Rio, aka Alberto El Patron or El Patron, depending if you want to use the accent or not, uh, to a deal with Lucha Underground. Uh, this is the second promotion that Alberto Del Rio has been involved in. Of the, of course, the other promotion being Ring of Honor. Now, uh, uh, many people, myself included, expected Del Rio to head to TNA, but Dave Meltzer was saying that Alberto Del Rio was offered $400,000 and that he actually turned it down, which is crazy. So Alberto Del Rio turned down $400,000 and a minimal schedule to work with Lucha Underground and Ring of Honor. I'll be honest when I say that I think Alberto Del Rio's, um, his success would be, would be, would be better applied in a promotion like Lucha Underground, just because I feel Lucha Underground as a, is truly an alternative to what we watch on TV every week. I mean, the Lucha Libre style, uh, the way it's presented with all the the really good production for the backstage segments, the storytelling. I think I think it's unique and different enough 
that a guy like Del Rio can shine. I mean, if you've watched that promotion or you've read Lucha Lee's posts on Rageworks, you'll see that guys like Chavo Guerrero, they get a they get a second they get a second life over there with good reason because, you know, they're being written correctly and those guys genuinely look like they're having a good time. I mean, a guy like Ezekiel Jackson, who, you know, was squandered in WWE and Lucha Underground, he's a he's a massive he's a force over there. I mean, obviously he's not a luchador, but he has incredible presence and he brings something different to the product. So I'm actually I'm actually in the camp that's happy to see Del Rio go to Lucha Underground versus TNA because while I do feel TNA's uh, success on Destination America is a no-brainer, I do feel that TNA is kind of finding their identity all over again, and I think that in order for them to do that correctly they need to utilize the homegrown talent that they have because they really do have a great roster i think with lucha underground though there's such a a revolving door of different luchadors and different superstars with different looks and different gimmicks that i think del rio could could be a really really good addition to that roster much like ring of honor as well where there's still so many talented individuals i think del rio would be an asset there as well so if you've been wondering where Eva Marie is, uh, you will be heartbroken to know that she will be out two to three months to have a leak in a breast implant fixed. That is why Eva Marie has not been on television because she has a breast implant leak. So there you have it. If you remember a couple of years back, China had a similar situation where one of her implants actually ruptured and she had to have surgery. So if you are a fan of Eva Marie and you've been wondering where she is, there you have it. She is getting a uh, surgery to fix a leaking implant. Crazy shit, guys, I tell you. All right, so to wrap things up, of course, we got the Royal Rumble this weekend. A lot of crazy matches, um, a lot of good stuff going on, and I want to give you guys my predictions. Um, of course, Lucha Lee is going to have his Royal Rumble contest as well, but I did want to share my predictions with you guys, and I'm going to start from the bottom uh the elimination uh kickoff show match with adam rose tyson kidd and cesaro against the new day um like i said you know that this was thrown together for the strictly to get the new day uh, a three team you know a three man uh a three man team of opponents i do feel that while i would love cesaro and kidd to get the victory just because they need the momentum I do feel that they're probably just going to be fodder and the New Day are going to take that match for the kickoff show. On the um, on the Divas side of things, the Bella Twins are going to be squaring off against Paige and Natalia. I kind of feel that they're trying to really, uh, you know, strengthen the bond between Paige and Natalia strictly off of Total Divas. So with that, I do say that I think Paige and Natalia are definitely going to take it, uh, but I do feel that the Bellas may do a post-match attack or something just to gain their heat back, but I do think Paige and Natalia will take it. Now, the New Age Outlaws and the Ascension, it's very easy to look at it and say to yourselves, this is going to be a glorified squash for the sake of putting the Ascension over. And while I do understand that that probably will be um, the end result, I do feel that the New Age Outlaws, for as old as those guys are, they still they still can get the job done in the ring. They still have good technique, and I think they'll really help um, strengthen the gimmick of the Ascension as being the quote unquote best tag team. But the only thing that concerns me is that they don't go often to the well of making them have matches with old school tag teams 
at countless pay-per-views because in doing so, you're going to make them just be the guys that they're going to be the guys that beat up the old guys. And while that does work if you're, you know, Randy Orton and you're the legend killer, I don't think from a tag team standpoint it's going to work as well. Now, if the payoff was that say, I don't know, Devon and Bubba Ray come back as team 3D, then that would be different because then that would show that you're trying to strengthen your tag team division and you're using two credible hard-hitting teams to do it. But, you know, I don't think that's the case, but I will say that the New Age Outlaws are definitely getting their asses kicked on Sunday. The uh, the WWE tag team titles are on the line when the Usos take on The Miz and Damian Mizdow. I feel that the... Uh, the dissension between the the Miz and Damian Mizdow is slowly coming to a head, and I think that's going to be a factor in this match that will allow the Usos to keep the titles. Because of course, it is inevitable that Mizdow and the Miz will break up and have their own one-on-one feud. I really would like to see it stretched out and maybe you know use that WrestleMania. I think it would be a great culmination, and I think a, a huge arena at WrestleMania rooting for a guy like Damian Mizdow. Um, against, you know, the the A-lister, The Miz, would be a fitting payoff for a gimmick that has been cultivated slowly yet effectively. So um, with that said, I do see The Usos keeping it up, and um, I do feel that that The Miz and Mizdow, the wedge will be con- the continue to be driven in, but like I said, I think the payoff is, um, I really would like the payoff to be Mania because you can stretch it out a little bit more. As for the Royal Rumble match, which, of course, you know, Daniel Bryan, Rusev, Bad News Barrett, Bray Wyatt, Reigns, Ambrose, Kane, The Big Show, uh, Justin Gabriel, Fandango. I'm sure we're going to see some NXT guys in there, um, a couple of, of the one-offs. I, I feel that the match itself is going to be paced. Uh, it's going to be paced well, and I think we're going to see some surprising returns. Uh, there's rumors of Diamond Dallas Page, Rob Van Dam. Who knows who we'll see, but the Royal Rumble match is always fun. Because, you know, you can have you can talk about first elimination, you can pick whoever, and there's always, you know you're going to get a Kofi Kingston spot, you know you're going to have one guy that's going to have the most eliminations, which will probably be Roman Reigns again, and um, of course you're going to have the, the surprises as well. Like I said, I do stand by the fact that as much as I would love him to win, I do, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cursed to say that probably they're going to give it to Roman Reigns unless WWE swerves us and allows Daniel Bryan to win the Rumble. I kind of feel that Roman Reigns is going to get put over uh, completely and Roman Reigns' ascension to the main event starts at the Rumble. We'll see. Uh, last but not least, of course, the WWE World Heavyweight title match, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, and Seth Rollins. I do feel that this match is probably going to steal the show strictly off of the athleticism of Rollins and the and the just hard-hitting, aggressive style of Brock Lesnar. Uh, with regards to who my pick is for the victory, I do feel that Brock Lesnar is going to win it and you know Rollins is going to try and cash it in and they may use the Rumble for the return of Randy Orton to set up the program between Rollins and Orton. We'll see if I'm right, but... I I do see Lesnar walking out of the Rumble, still champion. As always, I definitely would love to hear from you. If you agree with these picks or you don't, feel free to drop me a line either on our Facebook fan page, on Twitter, wherever the case may be. I definitely would love to hear your predictions and be on the lookout for Lucha Lee's Royal Rumble contest where he will allow you to win the opportunity to win a WWE t-shirt 
of your choice. All right. Well, with that said, that is actually going to wrap up the show for this week. Wow, we went into two and a half. We went uh, two and a half hour territory this week. Uh, but again, there was a lot of stuff going on. A lot of great debates. Um, as always, if you are tuning in for either an MMA or a wrestling segment, make sure in the show notes you will see the timestamps for each segment. If you cho- if you're only tuning in for one or the other, hopefully you are tuning in for both. But to each their own. Anyway, let's wrap it up. You've just heard my take radio episode two hundred and sixty seven which broadcasts live Wednesday, January 21st, 2015. As always, archived episodes of the show are available in podcast format on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. We are working on distributing the show on SoundCloud as well, and once we get that finalized, I will definitely let you guys know. If you want to watch the video feed of the show, you can find the archived video feed on our two YouTube channels, My Take Radio TV or official rage works look up either one on youtube and you'll be able to watch this episode's video now as always if you want to interact with myself and the rest of the mtr family uh you can follow us on social media on twitter at my take radio or at rage underscore works if you're on facebook you can find my take radio on facebook and you can find rage works on facebook as well if you're already a fan of the show on the my take radio page do yourselves a favor if you want to engage with some of the other stuff we cover, definitely give the RageWorks fan page a like. We're also on Google Plus and Pinterest. And if you're into Instagram as well, uh, RageWorks underscore Rich is our Instagram page for that. Be on the lookout for our minority film report for Black Seas starring Jude Law, as well as my review for the film on RageWorks.net. My Take Radio will be, will be back later today with its gaming and entertainment edition uh, th- on Thursday, obviously, January 22nd at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. On behalf of myself and the rest of the MTR team, as always, thank you guys for your continued support, and I will catch you guys later. Peace. I'm rich, bitch. That's all, folks.